We're live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. April the 26th. I can't believe we're really doing that shit live. Not too late to back out. <laughs> it's sold out. New refunds. Oh, man. We're fucked. All right. Here we go. Echo, 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 echo. Get the blood pumping. Go, 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 Welcome back to New Heights, baby, presented by Wave Sports and Entertainment and brought to you by our friends at Fireball, the pound for pound, undisputed, best shot of the world. Cinnamon delight. You got to love that shit, man. We're your hosts. I'm Travis Kelsey. This is my big brother, Jason Kelsey, out of Cleveland Heights, Ohio. New Heights comes to you every single Wednesday or whenever we can get an episode to you. And, um, yeah, subscribe on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts and follow the show on all social media platforms at New Heights Show with one S so you know exactly when we are coming out with new episodes. Uh, Jason, why don't you tell everybody what we got coming up? Trey, we got a great episode. We're going to get into the NFL not banning the quarterback push. Some big free agency move. Of course, the Lamar Jackson situation. We're going to weigh in on that. Of course. And we're also going to, uh, of course, launch the – Howie Roseman interview. Ooh, Howie. Who I think we both would say was a much better interview than I think we anticipated. Not that we had a low bar of expectation, Howie. Um, You just exceeded it. I mean, a really thoughtful interview. Brings up a lot of great points. Very open discussion. I think all Eagles fans are going to like getting to know Howie Roseman just a little bit better. I'm with you. It it, it was definitely eye-opening. I I didn't expect him to have that much much juice. He's he's all about it, He's juicy. How is a juicy juiced guy? Up, he's juiced up, dude. Juicy. I mean, he's, I call him gusher sometimes. All righty. <laughs> but first, as always, <laughs> new news. New news coming at you. We're back. Number one sports podcast in the world on Spotify and Apple. We touched it just for a second, so we're counting it. Thanks to you, the 92 percenters, all of our supporters out there for tuning in each and every week and each and every episode. You guys have made this show a success, and we can't thank you enough for uh, letting Travis and I talk to you and share uh, our wisdom, our stupid uh, (laughs) stupidity and uh, other shenanigans with you each and every week. Dumb and dumber over here, man. You guys are the best for listening to us. Thank you for tuning in. Last week, we announced our first ever live show is coming to you guys April 26th in Kansas City, Missouri. We're really doing this, man. The Kansas City Music Hall. Yeah, tickets are sold out. This is intense. Yeah, we sold out within three minutes of the tickets going live. So It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know if there was going to be anybody that even bought tickets to go to this. (laughs) We've never done a live show. We certainly don't know how it's going to go. We are honestly... Truly excited to do a live show and uh, get that experience. I think I know for sure that Travis certainly plays better to a crowd. Every time he's in front of the uh, microphone with a live audience in the past, he has uh, upped his game. So I'm looking forward to see what he brings. <laughs> Listen, we all know uh, Jason Kelsey's known for his speeches. So it's uh, it's going to be an entertaining day. And uh, if, you're, uh, if you're still hoping for a chance to come and see uh, sexy Batman over there and, uh, and, and the Big Yeti live in Kansas City, please uh, keep listening or watching the show every single week. We might just have a couple pairs of tickets 
to Ooh, hand out. That's right. We're going to we try and do some uh, some fun giveaways in the uh, the upcoming episodes. So make sure you stay tuned and uh, and keep watching. And um, hopefully we can get some tickets. We wish everybody could come. You know what I mean? There's we do. Just, <laughs> there's just no way. One of the things I think Travis and I are most looking forward to about this live show is just interacting with the fans. You know you it, know, man. Obviously... See, doing the show, I want to see the ninety-two yeah. percenters with my oh, yeah. eyes. I want to feel the energy. I want to feel it. I want to feel the ninety-two <laughs> percent juice. The juice, baby. The gushers. <laughs> All righty, let's move to some fan mentions of the week. Let's get it. Uh, first, posted by SJE twenty-two eighty-nine zero on the New Heights subreddit, showing off his first New Heights hoodie on top of a mountain in Hawaii. Ooh. How about that? The Ma- the uh That's Mauna Kea uh I don't know, Heck Observatory. I'm just gonna say that. The Keck Observatory. I know exactly where it's at. Good job, guys. Looks great. Can't leave out the uh, best part about the tweet. Uh nature's thermostats at full mass. Because apparently it's cold <laughs> on the top of mountains. <laughs> the thermostats, man. Yeah. But very cool. Never did I uh think a new heights hoodie would be on top of a mountain. Uh and uh, yeah, way to go. Hope you guys had a great view up there too. Um, I've heard it's absolutely gorgeous. You know it, man. Well, we also have a child trying to make print media. That's mm-hmm. right. We have a child making something like a newspaper ish thing, uh, the New News newspaper. Uh, Trav, what do you think of this? I mean, it's, you know, have we ever had a pizza versus pineapple debate? Pizza versus pineapple? Well, I mean, on, in the newspaper, there's this whole section: does pizza, does pineapple belong on pizza? To which the obvious answer is yes. Of course. Um, yeah, I mean, anything belongs on pizza. It's yeah. Anybody who's gatekeeping pizza toppings is, you know, has a special place in hell <laughs> for people that are banning pizza <laughs> toppings. Let me tell you. <laughs> Dude, you know what's always like got me a little uncomfortable though is what's that? hamburger pizza that hamburger makes me pizza? uncomfortable listen there's pizza that i don't like, like. Put, people like to put mustard on pizza and that just uh, i don't see how it correlates i listen, don't see how it correlates man there is pizza that i don't like there are toppings that i don't like but the whole beauty of pizza is that you put stuff on top of it so there is no <laughs> there should be no <laughs> limitations to what goes on top of pizza anybody putting limitations on top of pizza is limiting pizza, and I'm a, I am not a fan of limiting pizza. Big pizza guy. Also, I don't know that this is a kid, because there's a weird science reference in this lower right hand corner, and I don't know any children today's age that would have any clue. There's no about way. the show Weird Science, right? Like that was. I it's thought too it, was old. A, it was a movie. Yeah. So I think no. this might be a man masquerading. Weird science. Yeah. It's a good song. It's alive. It's it's alive. Wait, no, that's Frankenstein. They did it in the song, uh, in the Weird Science song too, Ooh, don't they? That's a good reference. I think. That's a good reference. You might got me on that it's one. It's been a while. It's been a while since I've heard it. All right, whatever. All right, we also got some uh, responses to the NFL players as segment. Uh, we got an anime uh, fan art. Dude, uh, this is yeah, absolutely this is, hysterical. I was just how shocked did at you how good get it tats? is. You, do you have any tattoos, Jason? I don't have any tattoos. Um, I've thought about getting a tattoo for my wedding ring, but I have not, as of right now, zero tattoos. Zero tattoos? What about you? No. Mom told me, she was, you just don't get tattoos because you're going to be 60 years old and you're going to look back and be like, why the, why did I get this? Oh, yeah. There's and, all those 60-year-olds that are really and, dreading. And my, in the back of my head, I'm like, I don't even know what I would get. I'm so indecisive. Like, what do I get? My number? 
87? Like, what do you want? We talked a little bit. We thought about getting, like, the family crest. We thought about doing, like, a brotherly tattoo what is a at fa- one point. What does a Kelsey family crest even look like? Let's, let's send it to the 92 percenters. What does a Kelsey, what does a New Heights Kelsey crest look like? Well, mom's side of the family has a family crest. Dad's side does not, I don't think. Uh, all right. A crest is, like, it's almost like a shield type thing. No, I know exactly what a crest is. I've never seen yeah. moms. That's crazy that you knew that. Yep, Blaylocks. Blaylocks have a crest. Kelsey's no crest. Yeah, well, we don't even poor. know how to really pronounce it, so. Yeah, they're poor Irishmen. Poor Irish? Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, great artwork. Love the Snorlax. Get back to the anime. That is a pretty sweet. It's pretty good. The uh, style of that is very Pokemon-esque. Uh, I mean, just very well done. Uh, <laughs> everyone on Twitter complained about how I pronounce Gyarados, which... Guys, I don't know if you know this, but gyrodos is not an actual word. We should probably not take it that serious. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's got a G-Y, I think. Uh, unless yeah, we're going I, like you're... Greek, Eurydos. Eurydos? Uh, Eurydos. Uh, <laughs> apparently, it's pronounced Gyrodos, which I've never seen a G-Y go gear. gear. But, you know, whatever. And I guess we also owe an apology to Laramie Tunzel. Yeah, this is that one's on us. Good call out by Corey Willoughby, 8349 on YouTube. Commented in response to us calling Laramie Tunzel coughing. Said, um, yeah, the man notoriously did not cough. It's <laughs> impressive. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Wait, that's... Am I allowed to even say that? I don't know, but it's a very fair call out. And uh, Laramie, we would like to formally apologize for making that air. Before we keep going, we need to shout out one of our partners. Who's that? Fireball. Ooh, Fireball takes any event to the next level, baby. Especially when you're celebrating a, you know, a big game. That's right. Fireball's iconic cinnamon flavor tastes fire and goes down easy, making it the ultimate crowd pleaser. That's why it's the number one shot in the country. You know what I like about Fireball, Jason, is that uh, you don't need a shot glass with those Fireball shooters. Ooh. Makes it easy, baby. You just crack that thing open and shoot it back. You big Fireball guy? Huge. It's the number one shot in the country for a reason. Mm. Just crack it and enjoy it. You can enjoy Fireball wherever you purchase your fine spirits. Not right now. I would love to tee up the 12 bold topics of the NFL offseason, or at least the topics that we're going to touch base on and yeah. uh, and and talk about here. This week uh, is the start of the annual NFL owners meeting. Yeah, baby. This week was. It was. It's already happened. It's going on. I think it's actually going on right now. It's still happening. Well, uh, the first topic we're going to touch on with the NFL owners meeting is that there is no uh, tush push on the docket, meaning you're still going to be able to push the quarterback and quarterback sneaks. 92 percenters, the 92 percent play is still going to be in effect next year. Listen, I get it. I get it. It's like. uh, Yeah. What do you think? As someone who doesn't do it, but you saw it happen. Doesn't do it. We tried we tried to do this, I think it was Cincinnati I think it was the AFC championship game. We tried to go for it on third and short and Did it you was guys a, try to do the push? Yeah, I lined up as fullback and, and you uh, I think Noah my dog Noah Gray did the uh, tight end motion into like a uh, yeah. into the under the center. Yep. And um False start? No, no. I uh, I I tried to push and there was no it wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> really? I felt like the most like helpless human being ever. Like I couldn't help out at all. I'm like, ah, it's just, I'm trying, man. But there's just, there's no movement right here. We are pushing a freaking brick wall, man. Yeah. This actually brings up part of the reason why I think it wasn't banned. 
you know, I was down at the combine, which at the combine, all these owners, the rule committees, they're meeting down there. Mm-hmm. And the word coming out of the combine was that it was pretty split. There are a lot of teams that didn't think it should be banned. There are a lot of teams that don't think it's as easy as it's being played up in the media to do. But we're going to find out because I think every team is going to be trying to do this this year. I think a lot of teams with the success that we had doing it last year are going to try and implement this in short yardage. So we'll see uh, if it is as easy as everyone thinks. And uh, this will probably come up again. I don't think this is going anywhere. See if that 92% holds. Yeah, we'll find out. I actually don't think it's, you know, I really wasn't too worried about it. We used to do quarterback sneaks before you were allowed to push or before we started pushing, and they were pretty darn effective. I don't know that this is something that I just think it's a hard play to defend regardless. So either way, I'm certainly happy that we're able to run it again because it was a huge play for us, and I think it'll be effective again. We'll see. Yeah. No, it, well, it worked in the Super Bowl. I know that. One rule that they did not also that they also didn't put on the docket. Unfortunately, they're not listening to New Heights. Travis, your idea of uh, allowing one hockey style fight a game, <gasps> it's in. It's not being considered. Nope, it's not Fuck. being considered. It's That's not being considered. Uh, so unfortunately, you know, we're gonna have to yell it from the mountaintop just this a little bit louder. This league blows, man. This league blows, dude. They NFL no, no fun, fun league. league. No fun Fuck. league. Can't fight. You can push, but you can't fight. Yeah. Pushing allowed, punching no. <laughs> Kicking, well, certain situations. You kick a ball, can't kick, can't kick a person. Can't kick a person. You cannot kick a person. Antonio Brown found that out. God, that is such a good clip. <laughs> Dude, he flying, flying front kick. <laughs> he Luke caned him, man. Yeah. Dude, that is such a good <laughs> reference. I forgot all about that highlight. That is a great highlight. I, if we can put one highlight on the show, I want it to be the Antonio Brown flying jump kick. I mean. It's legendary, man. Dude, it's great. You should be allowed to do that, too. No way. Absolutely. Why not? If you can stiff arm, why can't you stiff kick? Cleats, What's man. the difference? It's a weapon, man. Cleats. No, everybody's wearing molds today. Those cleats ain't doing no damage. What? Why can you stiff arm, but you can't stiff cleat? Listen, I don't I don't have an answer for you. They literally made a penalty up on the spot. They were like, uh, unnecessary roughness? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that done, but it doesn't look like it should be legal. Something tells me you can't do that. Uh, let Something. me talk it over with some other zebras here and see if we can come Am to I, Okay, tell me if I'm the jerk. I am in favor. How, what do you feel like when punters get run over? Or anything happens. I'm not going, not diving into this, man. I just want to know what you feel like. Punters or kickers. Whenever they get truck sticked or blocked, how, what is the first thing? I don't know why I enjoy it. It's so joyous. There's like just such uh, an, an exuberant. Tommy amount. Harrison, I love you guys. I'm sorry. Yes. yes. I'm sorry. You guys. <laughs> For just a second, you got what it's like every play. That's what you got. All right? And it's it's so good. You remember the uh, the Pro Bowl? Which one? Sean Taylor. There was like a fake punt. Yes. Oh, Oh my my gosh. That was uh, great. The Pro Bowl was the Pro Bowl, man. Listen, I don't want guys to get hurt, but I am all. (laughs) There's a clip on my phone, and I love John Dorenboss. Um Long snapper. Exactly. I mean, there's a clip on my phone of a New Orleans Saints D lineman just picking him up, and you just see his feet kicking. 
It's the closest thing is if they allowed just anybody to go out on the field and suit up for a snap. Like is uh like is he's in, he's sitting in a chair that's too far, he's Fred too Flintstone. high off the ground. He's Fred he's Fred Flintstone and in the middle of the air. It's not good. John D, man. I mean, just complete, I mean, vicious maneuver by the deal. I mean, he wasn't trying to block the kick at all. No, he was just no like I'm regard just regard for the football. I'm no just gonna be a complete football. bully. <laughs> I'm going to find the guy who can't defend himself, and I'm just going to completely demoralize him. I'm going to go after the guy who's looking between his legs. And you know what? I loved every second of it. Thank you. All righty. Let's get to the rule changes that are being considered. I don't know why. I feel like it's the closest thing to like pros versus Joes. You remember that show? I think it's just the fact that you can't touch these guys. Uh, all they do all day is play video games and play golf on Wednesdays after practice. They are in the country club of country clubs playing in the NFL. And just like one second, I want them to feel what it's like actually like being a football player. And I love it. I'm not going to lie. I love those guys. I really do. But I am obviously... Oh, Very jealous man. of your physical uh, lim- uh, protections. So when those protections come off. <laughs> oh, man. It's so joyous. It's, just, it's electric. It's an electric event. It is. All right, here we go. Let's get to the, uh, the, the rules that are being considered, the actual rules that the owners are thinking about. Let's talk First about. rule, moving punt touchbacks from the 20-yard line up to the 25-yard line. Uh, I'm in favor of this. I think it would be – first of all, I'm in favor – like we just touched on specialists, but – I'm in favor of anything that motivates a team for going for it more on fourth down or um, uh, demotivates them from punting and trying to pin me inside the five-yard line. I want them to stay as far away from putting me in a back-to-up situation as possible. So I like this rule. I don't know if it's going to change anything, but... I don't have a care in the world for this fucking rule. I like starting with the ball to the 25-yard line as opposed to the 20. So I'm in. Okay, providing that on a free kick, uh, also known as a kickoff or a safety kick, Uh, That is fair caught behind the recovering team's 25-yard line. The ball will be placed at the receiving team's 25-yard line. So, in other words, anybody receiving a kick after a score or a safety can free catch it, fair catch it, inside the 25-yard line, and they'll get the ball at the 25, not where the catch occurs. What? I don't like this rule. I don't like that rule at all. This not a fan. is that's whack. Yeah, that's a bad rule. Hopefully that does not pass. Not a fan of it. Who the fuck even brought what's the I don't get why that anybody would want that rule. The reason these rules are being considered is because they're trying to decentivize people returning kicks. Special teams are the highest rate of injury in the NFL. They're trying to make the game safer. And the easiest way to do that is to reduce the amount of kick returns and punt returns. So no that's why all of these there. rules are being considered. They want more fair catches. They want more touchbacks. They want less returns, which sucks because it's taking excitement out of the game, man. I don't like it. I hope. I hope to God that doesn't pass, man. Devin Hester. I mean, all these guys that made careers. Uh, Josh Cribs. I mean, it, it was such an exciting play to watch, and it's when just you getting get, harder and harder. When you get an electric returner back there, like I remember when Tyreek was his first couple of years when he was returning every punt. Yeah, the stadium chanted his name every time the every time the other team's punt team went out there. They said Tyreek, 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 and it's like, and you can just see him just kind of like staring down the punt, just walking, kind of pacing back and forth. Oh my gosh, it was the it was like a action packed movie. 
It was electric. I, I enjoyed every single. I enjoyed every single punt return that he had. Even even if he just caught it a fair catch, like the the drama and the excitement leading up to that was electric. Yeah, well, I, I think that only works when you have a guy like Tyreek Hill, and then you're like. But that's what guy, I'm saying. Yeah. If you got a if you got a dude back there, it's like yeah. this is one of the most exciting plays of the game. Every For single sure. time the punt team comes out there, I agree. So it's like, why are we trying to find, why are we trying to take that away from the game? Again, they're trying it. to make it safer. I don't know that I agree with it. Golly. Um, but it is what it is. Safe. Safety first, kids. Here we go. Expanding the definition of a launch, taking the action with one or both feet. So obviously you're not allowed to launch into a ball carrier or receiver. You're not allowed to leave your feet to make a tackle. Um, this is so Apparently wack. you weren't allowed to do it off of two feet, but you could do it off of one. I don't really know what this means. All I know is that you can't launch. And I feel like bring back launching. So you're you're just automatic. You're just in favor of making the game as unsafe as it used to unsafe. be. Unsafe. Yeah. That's the excitement that's right. of football. What? We're yeah. not playing. Yeah. I think that that's not, not going to happen. Soccer. You know what I mean? Like, let's for sure. Let's let the game be the game. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm all I, for that. <laughs> I'm all for guys, you know, risking their livelihood. You know what I mean? I'm with it. I signed the dotted line knowing that I was at risk. Okay. Oh my gosh. I'm with it, dude. I'm not in this thing to, you know, think about safety. I didn't buckle up before I went over the middle to catch the ball. You know what I mean? Like I didn't buckle my seatbelt before I I mean, listen, I get what you're saying. It, it Wear was, your seatbelts, kids, but the the football you, you just, at the end of the day, you gotta let belts. the game no. You know what I mean? You you have the best equipment you can, but at the end of the day, like that's the fun of the game. Is you know what I mean? You're out there. <laughs> Listen, I I I can't disagree with you. The game was a lot was very fun to watch when that was part of the game. But that being said, they are trying to make it safer. They're trying to limit concussions. They're trying to make it so that guys uh, don't leave the game and have debilitating side effects. So I think what they're trying to do is good. Is it a little bit less exciting? Probably. But I think that it's still a pretty exciting game. And it's uh, it's probably in the best that we don't allow people to take a running start, jump in the middle air, and lead with their head and knock people unconscious. I think that's probably a good thing they don't let that happen anymore. Gosh, it's one of the most exciting things It was. Don't get me wrong. I mean, listen, Brian Dawkins, are you kidding me? Like, it was, it was amazing to watch. It made me turn on my TV on every Sunday. So I don't disagree. I don't disagree. All right, the next rule change they're talking about making is they're going to tr- consider making the tripping penalty a personal foul. Um, yeah, I don't agree tripping. with this. Yeah, I don't agree with it because, like, when I think of a personal foul, a personal foul is something aggressive. Tripping isn't really an aggressive move. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's not. I mean, trippy, tripping is a weenie move. <laughs> it's a weenie. It's a weenie foul. Yeah, it's not a personal foul. It's a weenie foul. So, if anything, we should be incorporating weenie fouls. So, weenie fouls are 20 yards? I do think they should be worse than personal fouls. I think they should be worse. (laughs) I think we need to have a whole other category of weenie fouls. What would be another weenie foul? Uh, Pulling somebody down by the hair? Um, What's another weenie foul? Kicking somebody in the balls. I don't know if that's even a penalty. <laughs> Anything using your feet. The slide tackles. Unless it's a flying jump kick. Ooh. That's not a weenie. That's an aggression. No, that's an electric play. Yeah. Shouldn't be a personal foul. That should be a personal celebration. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god, did you just see the physical feat that guy performed right there? I think he just killed that punter. He gave his chest in. <laughs> Antonio Brown, baby. All right, here we go. Making the penalty for illegal, <laughs> for illegally handing the ball forward consistent with other illegal acts such as illegally forward. Where did anybody, where did this rule even come up in the past five years? Nobody, I've never seen anyone know. try and hand the ball forward. I mean, well, clearly it happens behind the line of scrimmage, but it's allowed to happen behind the line of scrimmage. You can hand the ball forward in front of you, right? Or can you not do that even behind this line of scrimmage? Yeah, 100%. Everybody runs jet sweeps out of fucking gun. Yeah, right? And just but hand it to like, them or you can pop yeah. it. But Yeah, I mean, I don't think it should be illegal to hand the ball off in any direction. If you're handing the ball, you're handing the ball. That's my opinion. Like, I don't think you should be able to throw the ball forward. That's a pass. But a handoff, like, if you if you don't, if the ball doesn't leave your hand and you physically give it to somebody else, I think that's fair game. I don't really understand whether I don't care whether you hand it forward, backward. I don't have an argument for that. You got possession that's hilarious. of it. So guys are out here doing the four hundred relay. They're passing however, that thing. Listen, however you need to hand it off. If you're ha- if you have possession and you hand it to somebody, I don't think that's any different than like if you fumbled the ball and they picked it up. Like I just hand it to them. They're passing that thing like a baton. I think it's a stupid rule. Yeah, I mean you you can't throw it forward. So if they replayed it and they found off that they found that it left your hand, I just want to know where this even came up. You know what I mean? Like, where, uh, it, like half of these half of yeah. these rules are I didn't see it. A lot of these rules come up because there's a lot of people that have a lot of downtime in the off season yeah. and they see one play from the last twenty years and they decide that they're going to make their mark on the NFL by writing a rule and we're going to go over them like they're going to make huge impacts in the game, which they won't. All right, the next rule that's not going to make a difference is clarifying improper use of helmet by removing the term butt ram spear language from Article 8 and incorporating those terms into impermissible use of helmet rules. All of that is meaningless. It's all meaningless. All it is is just trying to... I don't even know how you comprehended what you just read. What, you haven't read Article 8, Travis? No, I don't even know. You haven't read Article 8 of the the, uh, rule book? No. How do you play football without reading Article 8? <laughs> I mean, this is just, uh, this is stupid. This is just removing certain terms that are violent, incorporating into nonviolent terms. Let's just move on. All right. I don't even owners get. Owners approved any player to wear number zero, except, of course, offensive and defensive linemen. We always get the raw end of the deal. What? Um, also, punters and place kickers can now wear numbers zero through 49 and 90 through 99, which I'm all for a punter wearing zero because it's kind of like a target for that flying jump kick we just talked about. You just hit that big zero. right? <laughs> it's a bullseye. Bullseye! <laughs> we can't, you can't keep attacking the specialist, man. Oh, can't keep, keep doing happening. it. All righty. Um, Calvin Ridley has also become the first player in NFL history uh, to wear the number zero. He tweeted it out. It's official. Wow. Yeah. Agent zero, man. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not, I think zero is a cool number, but what's even cooler than zero is double zero. The big Jim Otto. I think that they need, <laughs> if they're going to allow zero, they should allow double zero for offensive linemen. That's all I'm saying. Ooh. All right. I see what you did there. And I just think Big double, zero is, a, double zero is a cooler numbers. number than zero. I don't know, man. There's something about that zero, man. I think double zero is cooler. Um, Looks like a big owl on your chest. Big owl. <laughs> just looking at you. <laughs> you sold me on that for whatever reason I'm in. Man. <laughs> man, I just got a reason. All right, I'm in. What made you choose 62? 
What made me choose 62? Yeah. Travis, I didn't choose 62. They just gave me 62. Shut the fuck up. You That's serious. Dra- you, you got drafted. They asked you what number you wanted. No, they did not. They handed me a jersey that I wore for the first time in training camp. I did not choose anything. I haven't chosen my number at any level of football. And this dates back to Roxborough Middle School. 48. 48, baby. I was that 48. Is, uh, you've been rocking Buns numbers for years. 48 dude. is not a Buns are, number. All your numbers are trash. 48's a very divisible number. What's, what's be- wrong with 48? Your best number was 13. You wore 13 in hockey. It was like Friday the 13th, man. 13 was, was my favorite number. I did choose that number in hockey. Um, outside of that, I never chose. I wore 48. I wore 60 in college, and I wore 62 in the pros, obviously. Where, I guess. Yeah, there was, I feel like the reason I never have picked the number is because I remember when they gave me the number 48 in middle school or high school. I don't know if I wore 48 in middle school, but in high school when they gave me 48. I can see the Roxborough Rockets jersey in 48. I can see Whenever they gave me that jersey, uh, the coach said, the player makes the number, not the other way around. I was like, yeah. And really what was happening was every all the kids are asking for the same numbers and there's only so many jerseys. And the coach just got tired of making some elaborate reason why some kid couldn't have a number. So he said, nobody's picking. And um, I've been like that ever since. And I feel pretty good because now there's a whole bunch of 62 jerseys in the uh, stands. This is true. Um, 62s not a lot of, it's, it, are I, everywhere in the link, baby. Player makes a jersey, kids. Don't forget it. What was a Buns number is now... One of the most beloved. Legendary numbers. Buns numbers. Still a Buns number, though. I mean, it's not that much more Buns than 87. Let's be honest. What? 87? No. 87's fucking... That's, that's a number right there. That's, that's a Buns. That's a... What? That's nothing, a, a, nothing ever happened in 1962, all right? Everything happened in 1987. What about uh, 1887? Seven. What happened? Did we sign the Declaration of Independence in 1787? 1776. Damn. July 4th. That was 1700s, huh? 1700s. That's crazy. Come on, you don't know the nation's birthday, Travis? No, July 4th. Really, July 3rd. Bet you didn't know that. Well, um, (laughs) (laughs) took a couple days to get all the signatures. Yeah, you're talking about me, Evan Bunn's numbers. What about your buns numbers? I'm not gonna lie, but when I came back from uh from missing the year, I, I was given number forty eight. So I actually wore number forty eight, telling yeah. you how trash of a number that is, I actually had to wear it. I mean that's a really bad number as an offensive player. <laughs> Especially as that's a bad number. <laughs> Feel like disgusting. defensive line defensive like player Absolute swagless. Not as bad. Tight end if, rim forty eight. If, if you're a linebacker, forty eight makes sense. If you're Anybody on offense, 48 is it's a tough sell. It's a tough yeah. sell. But then you went to 18. Oh, yeah, baby. 18's a bunch number two. No, no, no. Red 18 always hits on the roulette table, baby. No, Come eight, on now. 18, of all the teens, 18 is the worst. No. What's a, what's no. a, worse, eight, what's a worse teen than 18? 14. 14. 16's bad. 16's better. 16's better. I like 16 more. No. Because what do you think? Where do you think the number? Okay, where do digits rank? What's the best digit? Highly sought digit? I would say seven. I, I would agree. I think it's seven, then one, mm-hmm. then three. I wore I wore number one in high school. I know. You were a number one guy. 
Number one, kind, one number baby. one guys are, are are certain types of guys, if you know what I mean. No offense, <laughs> tell, no, tell me no offense, Jim. <laughs> hey man, that one looks sweet in a Philly jersey. I know that. <laughs> yeah. So go seven, then one, then three, then five. You're going three, then five? I guess I like three. three. I've always been a big fan of three. Yeah, all right. I'll give it to you. I feel like six is the – that's the one digit that's just like uh, – Four, six, and eight are definitely the three, the worst. They're, in the, they're the bottom three, four, six, and eight. I would go – I'd give it to you. I would say six is – it's a pretty bad. It's a tough that's, sell. It's a bad digit. It's a tough sell. You get yeah. handed six, you're like, Eight, man. Eight's not bad. The Ocho, it's pretty good. Ocho. It just sounds sounds better than. Yeah. Well, if well, if we spoke Spanish, I think eight might be the coolest number. Ocho is freaking definitely the best Spanish number. <laughs> now, right now. Uno, dos, tres, oh, no, uno is cuatro. A fun word. I love Cinco's uno. good, too. Cinco's a good one, too. Cinco and Ocho are the two best. Siete, the trash number in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know which number that is. It's the big seven. Um, eighteen is way better than any number you've ever rocked. So. It's not better than thirteen. Yeah, you got you got me there. All right, all right, back at it, baby. Moving on to the other item coming out of the owners' meeting. Um, that absolutely splashed and uh, took over the internet. Uh, was the uh the annual coaches photo? That's right. They uh they always. Set up and uh, take a team photo, man. And uh, there were a few guys missing this year. I'm not sure if everybody always goes to this, but there's about three or four coaches that didn't make it. Um, this picture is hilarious. I can't tell you <laughs> <laughs> what I'm even looking at. I mean, first of really. all, can we can we just agree that te- that team photos are terrible? It's the worst <laughs> day of the year. The moment they say, photos. "Hey, we're doing the team photo today." There is an audible groan. Everyone, you're going to put on your game pants, socks, and your jersey, and we're going to all take a photo. And it's never going to get seen. You're going to have to stand there (laughs) into the sun, and they just do like, hey, close your eyes, count of three, open them and say cheese. And I just, I'm always like, dude, I'm not smiling. I'm not doing anything you're saying. Take the picture. Let me get off of these freaking bleachers or steps, whatever we're on. And it seems like I I can't imagine the NFL uh, head coaches feel too much different about it. Oh, no. Some of these coaches look, they look like they're in it. The first thing that stands out to me is just how many coaches I can't like pick out out of a crowd. (laughs) Is that bad? I I feel terrible about it too. If you ask me a team, I can name the head coach. I can point at which team is which, but I, I when it comes to names, though, I'm the worst. Man. Oh, I'm the opposite. If you ask me the the head coach of a team, I can name them. If you pointed to some of these guys, I would have no clue who some of them are. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I mean, dude, my man next to Mike Tomlin looks like he just got out of a coffin. I don't, when's the last time that he's seen the, the sun? This is the first time he's seen sun all year. And then Dayball... Looks like you took all the sun from him and just put it right on the top of his head. <laughs> Boy, Dayball been in, he been in Cabo. Just some of the uptight uh, poses. My dog, my dog Andy Reid's trying to get skinny, man. They got to space these chairs him and Bill out, don't man. look like they want to touch each other. They very much are trying to keep the separation, <laughs> the leg separation. Very, um, I mean, you can tell that they're putting a lot of conscious effort into keeping that separated. Why do they all have the same exact swag? Like the exact same swag? Like they all. Well, they're all coaches. The only person who looks different, really, in their swag is Sean McVay, who, for some reason, 
He, I mean, he looks just like every bad coach and every every evil coach in ever any Disney movie ever created. That's what Sean McVay looks like in this photo. Like he looks like Gordon Bombay when he turned bad. Uh, he got a little bit too big for his britches. Or <laughs> coaching team USA. Or the or no, he was getting all those endorsements, man. Or the uh, coach from Iceland. Gordon Bombay. Oh, one my of gosh. those two. I'm never yeah. going to be able to unsee that, man. Who else we got? Uh, dude, what is going on with Mike McCarthy over there? <laughs> I think it's just I think it's just because he's at the end. It looks like he's wearing uh, Josh McDaniel's uh, <laughs> sports coat. He's, he's got like a Jack Nicholas sitting courtside at a Lakers game swag right now. That sports coat is that thing's hanging on for dear life. <laughs> He's stretching that, the that seams. Sho- the shoulder stitching is is really hanging on. <laughs> I, I he looks like Tommy Boy or um, <laughs> that guy in Matt, a little coat. Matt Foley. Coat. <laughs> <laughs> He's coaching in a van down by the river. <laughs> Is Andy Reid, is that a Hawaiian shirt? I can't tell. Andy's always in a Hawaiian shirt. Oh, that yeah. doesn't he's look always, very he's Hawaiian. He's always got that floral, the floral print, man. Yeah, big floral guy. Bill. God, Bill, I mean, he looks the most comfortable out of everyone sitting, I feel like. Yep. There's only two guys wearing shorts, man. Sean Payton, uh, peacocking. He's got the chest out. Dude, he he just hit some chest earlier that morning. Hands, some flies. Hands, hands some knees. Some bench press. Hands on the knees, chest out. This is why we can't do shit live, Jason. <laughs> Dude, that might be the segment. We show players this picture, and they have to name each coach in this picture. Ooh. What do you think is the over-under that players Dude. are going to be able to name half of them? Half? You go. Oh, let's, let's, give it, let's give it a Travis Kelsey try right now. I can, I I can, I'm, I'm the worst with names, but I can tell you, team. Okay. All right. Starting on the left. Chargers. Standing up. Yep. Sitting down. Standing up. Standing up. Chargers. Giants. Yep. San Fran, who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> I don't, I don't know the next two Steelers. <laughs> is that Steelers? Tampa? Is that Tampa? It's Tampa. Um, yep. Detroit. No chance you're getting this one. Zero percent chance. <laughs> no, no clue. <laughs> uh, Jets. Uh, after Jets, nothing. I don't even. I've never seen that man in my fucking life. Uh, oh, so good. Th- I mean, three in a row. I have no idea who those dudes are. Every, everybody between the Jets. Those are offensive Jets. coordinator Shane Steigen for the Coles. Come on, Travis. Um, who's who's next to Dougie P? Who the fuck? You should is know that? that one. You should definitely D'Amico, know that I know one. D'Amico. Who's the other one? You should know him because he's. Arguably your biggest rival. Oh, that is. Yeah, that's Cincy. That's not. Yeah. He's, he's a dog. What's Do you his, know his, uh, name? What's his name? Time. What's his name? Hold on, hold on, hold on. What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? <laughs> that's, uh, that's Coach. Oh, my God. Coach. This is so good. I'm oh tell- I told God. you I was terrible with names. I don't even you know. Are. You're bad with names. Zach Taylor. I'm the worst. Zach Taylor. I knew it was a T. Fuck. I'm sorry, Coach Taylor. Are we doing um, the bottom? Do you want to keep doing this? This is fun. Uh, <laughs> All right. Are you going back to the left? Are you starting on the no, right? I'm, with, start, uh, I'm starting, right, starting right and going back left. Uh, Start with Matt Foley. Cowboy. 
<laughs> Mad Foley. Um, again, never seen this fucking guy in my life. <laughs> Defensive no. coordinator. You don't know either of the two <laughs> Eagles coaches that got head coaching jobs. Oh my god, this is so good. I love what's happening right now. Um, Miami. God damn it. <laughs> There's no way, man. There's no way that guy coaches in the NFL, man. Then Pete Carroll, Harbaugh. Yeah. Fucking obviously, you know the next fucking Rivera. QBs, um, Peacock. <laughs> QBs. <laughs> Quarterback play. Broncos country, let's ride. Gordon Bombay. We got the Packers. And then just no clue. And then Bills. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't know how much better I could do. All right. Let's move on to some uh, some free agency moves going on throughout the league. I know uh, I know the Chiefs have been making some moves, and uh, we lost uh, we lost a good guy, man. We lost one of the good guys. Who'd you guys lose? Miko Hardman. My brother oh. went over to the New York Jets. Miko the Jet Hardman is now uh, playing for the Jets. He is yeah. he he is who he plays for. Uh, one of the <laughs> fastest guys in the league. My yeah. dog, uh, McColl, man. God, man. It, it hurts to lose the good guys, man. I miss him already, man. We tweeted that over the weekend. The, the uh, Legion of Zoom is no more. It is no more, man. I'm the only I'm the only Zoom left. I'm the Jim, only well, one. You weren't part of the Zoom, Trav. <sighs> well, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> <laughs> I was All a right. part of it because I was on the field with them, Jason. That's fair. That's fair. Well, you guys also re-signed D-tackle Phil Hoskins, D-tackle Derek yeah. Nadi. And Byron Cowart. Naughty. Naughty. Uh, love Naughty, man. Oh, and you, uh, you re-signed tight end Blake Bell. So you guys can. The dozer. Blake Bell, baby. The bell dozer bringing it back, man. Get the t- tight end sneaks ready to go. Oh, yeah. We got a, we got our, we got all the tight ends back in the room, man. I love Have it. Have you talked to Miko? Does he know anything about uh, the Aaron Rodgers situation with the Jets? I don't know, man. I have to see it. I, I didn't ask him about the – I didn't ask him about that. I'm going to have That'd to ask him. That's a good him. thing. Did, should, uh, you, did maybe you go to the Jets because Aaron Rodgers is going to the Jets? Isn't he already there? He just hasn't uh, – Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. Who knows, <laughs> who knows where Aaron even, Rodgers is? Uh, I don't even know who coaches the Jets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I know he is. Just don't know his name. Uh, moving on to the Eagles. The Eagles signed uh, Steelers safety uh, Terrell Edmonds. The Edmonds brothers, Hey-o. another another brother, another brother duo. duo. Yeah, I think it's a trio. Actually, I think there's three think there Edmonds three. brothers. I think you're right. Shout out to the brothers in the league, the good brothers, as I like to call. It says he fell in love with the culture of the uh, yeah. of the dog mentality when he came for his visit in Philly. Yeah, you already know. Fucking Rocky Don't man. Say it. Don't you say it. <laughs> Adrian. <laughs> yeah, in quotes, uh, I'm ready to come here and just give everything I got. You're joining uh, the best team in the NFC. So, yeah, give it, like <laughs> give it all that. you got, Thrill. Like hearing that. Resigned Lane Johnson My to man. a one-year deal. I'm sorry, that said to a one-year one deal? One-year one year extension. I was like, holy shit, that's just getting that much money in one year, including $30 million guaranteed. $30 million guaranteed, yep. Worth every freaking penny. Worth every penny he's the best right tackle in the league arguably the best tackle all around in the league you know he also said he wanted to retire an eagle lane and i have played for over a decade together so i'm certainly happy that he's uh being compensated uh for the player that he is 
and excited to go out there and, and play another year with him. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. It'll be good to have that guy back in the building. Yeah, baby. Biggest Eagles free agency news, though, is that everyone's trying to recruit Ezekiel Elliott. Zeke, trying to get him to come from oh. the dark side. You guys are recruiting ex-Cowboys? That's crazy. That's tampering. You cannot tamper. Right. Yeah. Well, we're tampering, no tampering all over social media. Yep. Lane Johnson tweeted the eyes emoji. Big play slay. Eyes could mean anything. What is that? It's like, that's about as clear cut as all right now. You think so? Yeah. Like, what right if you now. send it? What if you send it to a girl? All right now. <laughs> <laughs> Even Meek Mill, Meek Mill tweeted at uh, Zeke. Meek! Come to the Eagles, dog. Uh, great team and organization. Good businessmen to help further your future. Look at, look at Meek. Out of here tampering. He's getting I in on the tampering. Dog. I see you, dog. I'm for all the really good players coming to the Eagles, for sure. And Zeke's a really good player. I am not partaking in the recruiting, but I guess I will now. Zeke, come to the Eagles! <laughs> With excitement. Well, that's uh, that's all we got for free agency, though. Um, well, hey, we no, do have one more. We got, got one, one more. more. Obviously, obviously, we got the Lamar Jackson incident yeah. that's going on. Uh, tweeted Monday... At the same time John Harbaugh was talking to the media, he tweeted, as of March 2nd, I requested a trade from the Ravens organization for which the Ravens have not been interested in meeting my value. Any and everyone that has met or been around me know I love the game of football and my dream is to help a team win the Super Bowl. So this has reached uh, DEFCON 5 uh, over there in This is arguably the the most. It's not good. I am just, I'm baffled. I don't understand. I'm so confused on how they haven't been able to get on the same terms. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to know. You got the MVP of the league. Former MVP. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. It's a generational talent. Um, you know, so it's it's a little concerning that they can't figure something out. I don't know what each side is asking for. Obviously, there's things that get leaked out, but you never know what to trust in these situations. It's because yeah. the team's going to leak out their side, the player and his agent are going to leak out their side. So, you know, it's hard to really know exactly what's... Does Lamar even have an agent? That's the thing. I know. Yeah, There's well, it's such an interesting... He's got Ken Francis. He's got, he's, he's got the home workout. He's got Ken Francis, who is running a uh, home workout fitness thing, and side hustling is Lamar Jackson's multi-million dollar agent there's broker. There's no way... That is, you don't there's think there's no a way? I think way. there's a pretty good way, but there's no way this is real, man. I don't know. Well, this is it's yeah, such a bizarre scenario. Um, I don't think it's worth co- commenting on the things that we don't know. So let's talk about what we do know. We do know Lamar Jackson is an insane athlete, um, yeah. who has been very dominant in the NFL and with the right team is extremely dangerous. So, what teams fit him if he's not going to be in Baltimore? Where do you think Lamar fits in the best? Oh, man, I don't know. I want to go in my mind. I want to. I want him to go somewhere oh, in the NFC. Man, I just want to <laughs> get him out of the AFC, oh, dog. Gosh. Yeah. The last thing I need is for Lamar Jackson to go to like the Raiders or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. go to like Green Bay. I like him in Green Bay. Like him in Green Bay. I like him in Green Bay. It's not a bad fit. I, I really do think anybody that has run the Shanahan offense is probably going to be able to utilize Lamar's legs and athleticism, do a lot of boots, get him outside the pocket. They've shown that they're able to adapt and do some of these read plays and, and different things. So I think that uh, 
I think that would work. I think that's a huge knock on Lamar right now is that he's not that pocket passer. He has made unbelievable strides in that regard. Yeah, we and know, I, and, we know and he and can I throw actually, the ball. I, I actually watch, like, I'll, I'll watch game film. I'm not just, like, watching the TV. I'm watching game film because I like watching uh, Mark Andrews. So I'm, sure. I'm sitting there. I'm like, man, he's pocket presence, poise. Like, he's, like, over the years has definitely developed that. So the knock that they're giving him that he's not a pocket patcher, it's like he's he's making strides in that regard. With that being said, uh, I do think a Shanahan-style offense is going to be more suited for him. Yeah. Anybody's going to adjust their playbook no matter no matter who it is, no matter what kind of sure. offensive coach you have. You're going to adjust your playbook to who you have as weapons, as uh, as players. So it's like – No doubt. The whole system QB thing, it's whatever. Yeah. He is the system. All right, now. All right. All right, now. He's who, who, you, who, you, who you thinking? Where do you think he's going? I don't know where he's going. I know that the teams that I think would be able to utilize him the best are teams with great defenses that will keep the game close, allow him to utilize the strengths that he has, which are his legs and his uh, unbelievable arm strength. You know, he's a dual-threat quarterback. You don't want to make him one-dimensional, which can happen if you get really far behind in the game and you're forced into a drop-back passing game. So – I know Washington has said that they're not interested. I think that would actually be a great fit. I hope you don't end up in Washington um, <laughs> because I think they have a good defense and Lamar would fit in well. You're my guy, uh, Eric Bieniemy. Falcons uh, run a very – they run the ball a lot. Yeah. And whenever you have a running quarterback that's going to pair up well with a running game, you know, Saints, Saints have a good defense. Yep, Titans I could see doing well. But, um, you know, they're kind of in a little bit of a rebuild mode. But Patriots – could see that happening. I don't yeah. know. Any any like uh any coaches that are big on like time management. You know what I mean? Like like I feel like Belichick, Vrabel, those guys are big on like, all right, I I want my defense to be stout and like I want my offense to like take up a lot of time. You know what I mean? Like sure. I want I my job is to keep the other team's offense off the field. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think any team like that would be great for a guy like Lamar to step in because now it's yeah, yeah he can he's gonna have a good defense anytime anytime you get a you know a quarterback like that well any I'm just saying shit now because any 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 good team any is, quarterback is any, gonna appreciate if, a good defense if you got a good defense <laughs> yeah I'm not talking about shit all right all righty players as we got uh this has turned into quite the segment. I think uh, it's become one of the uh, favorite ones on the social medias, the TikToks, the Instagrams, all of the above. Uh, people are appreciating this one, so we're going to keep doing it. Uh, are we going to keep calling it players' as though? I feel like we uh, we got some we got, we some, got some suggestions. Recommendations. Yeah. yeah. One of you. What do we got? We got a uh, Mike Davila. Uh, players comps. Player comps. That's a, I mean, it's a solid one. Mike is uh, not very creative, but it's good. That's yeah, barely barely better than what we got. <laughs> um, 92% accurate comparisons. I like that. From, I like uh, that. I do. Briss W3. Appreciate that. That one's, there, that one's pretty good. Yeah. That one's pretty good. It's, uh, it's, it's exactly uh, how we're describing all these. Yeah, I mean, all these they're probably players. about that uh, accurate, too. Yeah. Bime. Bime buy it down. Bime it down. New Heights. Burn it down. Burn it down. Burn it down. There it is. Uh, New Heights hypotheticals. New Heights hypotheticals. Yeah, I had to pronounce. I had to sound that one out. That was a tough uh, one for you. Yeah, I struggle. I struggle <laughs> with 
A lot of letters. Uh, Marissa Taylor. Um, know your role segment. Know your role. I, I guess. I mean, that. that makes it makes sense. It makes sense. And I'm all about knowing your role. I'm all about knowing your role. Blues Central said, uh, who's who? Which who's I who? like. Hey, that's got a, yeah, who's who? I like who's who. I like who's who. I feel like it's, I've heard that before, though. Who's who? No, 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 no. We can't. Can't. can't that's just uh, new news. You already know. All right, fair enough. Do we like who? Do who? I feel like I feel like who's who is the one that I would like out of these suggestions, but um, I would say keep them coming. Because yeah, why not? Keep them coming. Kind of like hootie who. Hootie who. Hootie who. I got guys whoop whooping. All do you right. Remember that? <laughs> is that a Butch Jones thing? Brian Kelly? Who? Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly. Every, every time, every time BK would come in the locker room, <laughs> you got guys whoop whoop. Whoop whoop. Whoop whoop. Popo's here. Whoop. Yeah. Five zero. <laughs> the best thing whoop, that ever happened with Brian Kelly was when that kid from Notre Dame, or that kid from uh, the recruiting kid, was in the back. We're getting our ass kicked in the first Ooh, half. No, what? No, no, no. It was it was halftime. It was halftime. We were getting our ass of kicked of Southeast Missouri State. Yes, we were Southeast. getting our ass kicked, but it was a close game, and we're supposed to be blowing them out. Yeah. And we go into the the halftime locker room. And BK is just ripping everybody. Defense, get your head out of your ass. Offense, you got to do something. Glances over at the corner. You keep, and all of a sudden, he just there's sees like three kids. Kid. There's like three kids over there, too. And they're all, wearing, recruiting all, they're all wearing their jerseys. All of them are wearing their jerseys. And they're like getting like this. This uh, this five star treatment oh to like gosh. be able to see what it's like at a Cincinnati Bearcats halftime game we want him to and come to BK's, so bad. he's just motherfucking every just in everybody's tail about you know getting this shit going and yep. he just breaks it he like loses his focus on the game and what he's talking about and he sees this five foot eight <laughs> 300 pound kid <laughs> who in the fuck is 53 <laughs> the kid's face went white that was an all-timer oh my god see john Whittakin just like <laughs> like just trying to like hurry and like just get him out of there man oh yeah. my gosh who in the fuck is 53 i've never been able to look at the number 53 the same ever yeah, since that. the only thing i think of well we're going to get to the players' ass segment. The first two segments, obviously, were uh, were categories that I've been a little bit more familiar with than Travis. Uh, so, Travis, you looked at all the suggestions we got and came up with what we're doing this week. What are, what are we doing? We're doing players' as Yeah, baby. Alcoholic beverages. Alcoholic beverage. So, not just beers. No, not just Any beers. Any alcoholic beverages. All Any right. alcoholic beverage, baby. This is fun, man. This all is right. a good am one. I, am I naming them and you're going you're gonna to – Tell me what they are. <laughs> yeah. All right. Go ahead. Kirk Cousins. That is hot. That's a that's the first guy. You, what is Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins is like a it's like a Riesling. <laughs> a white wine. A white wine. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Let's go. Uh, Cam Hayward. I can see Cam that. Hayward. The steel it dude, dude now that that's a this is about to be the manliest drink that you can think Steelers little what is it steel reserve steel reserve baby yeah the steel I curtain like that. baby 
You know, any, I mean, man, he kind of has. He kind of looks like a can of steel reserve. He does. He's it's just a very. Uh, I don't know why I think Cam gentleman. Hayward just looks like he could just drink anyone under the table. I don't know why. Oh, we probably can. Yeah. All right. Maybe we should try that out. Who we got? Um, what, what's what is a uh, what's a guy like? What's Lane Johnson? Lane Johnson. Uh, I think Lane Lane does one of the best turkey calls I've ever heard in my life. Like what? sounds just like a turkey. So I'm gonna go wild turkey from a man lane. Fits him personality and everything. Gosh, that wild is turkey. so fitting. Yeah, he definitely drinks wild turkey. He does. He looks like he drinks wild turkey and like what's not a big drinker. I think wild turkey suits his personality for sure. We got Fire Marshawn ball. Lynch. Oh, that's Hennessy all day. Hennessy baby all day. I heard he used to like take shots of Hennessy before games. I think that's why it works. <laughs> I, I have heard that his, exact same rumor. It's in his veins. Yep. Yeah, I think he might have actually said that himself. Um, Let's if go. Gronk, uh, if Gronk was a Gronk was an alcoholic beverage, for loco, <laughs> original the original, original for loco, the one that was kind of not safe. That's right. <laughs> if you're big enough and crazy enough, it made you a superhero. Turned you into Hancock. Four loco stood for you were about to do some shit in four hours that you never even dreamt of. <laughs> What a roller coaster to jump on, man. We got Zach Wilson. What do we got for Zach Wilson? Fuck it. I don't know. Zach Wilson? Yeah. Uh, gosh, Strikes Zach me Wilson. as a Zima guy. I was going to go like a high noon. High noon? <laughs> Why high noon? I, I like don't high know, noons. Man. High noons are good. I can't do anything vodka, man. I'm out. You can't do vodka. It's like the easiest one. No. Why that can't you do crazy, vodka? man. I don't know. I feel like. Every time I drink vodka, I just like I turn into a different person. Vodka? Yeah, it like makes me want to chain smoke cigarettes and just like <laughs> throw bottles against the wall. I don't know. It just it you turns me into cigarettes? a different human being. No, I don't. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Vodka, I don't drink cigarettes. vodka either. So I, I feel like those two go hand in hand. Cigs and vodka are like the same thing to me. I've never heard of vodka turning people into well. Uh, I guess that's not true. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've heard of tequila making people crazy, whiskey making people angry. I think vodka is just. What's Josh Allen? What's my guy, Josh Allen, man? Josh, uh, well, you got to go. I mean, he's. He, you got to go with a pretty standard beer, but you got to go with a little <laughs> bit more kick to it. So I'm going to go with a Natty Ice. Got a little bit of edge to him. <laughs> yeah, he does. Plays up in Buffalo where it's very icy <laughs> and cold. He's a natural Natty Ice. I feel like Natty Ice is like the pregame to like somebody going through a table. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. If if you got Natty Ice at the at the party, something's getting broke. Yeah. There's no question about that. 100%. Somebody's going through a door. A window's getting broken. <laughs> There's going to be a hole in the floor. Yeah. There's going to be a TV. fire. At some point, there's going to be some type of fire. <laughs> you are going to have to use the natty ice to put it out. Justin Herbert. <laughs> it's, there's only one that's fitting, and it's it's screaming at me right now. Mike's Hard Lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> Why Mike's Hard? What I'm do like, you feel in the Mike's I Hard? Dude, I don't, don't say it like it's a bad drink either, because I will, I will chug a Mike's Hard Lemonade Why? right now. Why is my? Why did Mike's always get like the unmanly cachet? But then, like it, White Claw is like acceptable. Like at, at some point, it's a good all point. of these all of these fruity drinks 
were not acceptable, except for Mad Dog 2020. At some point, all of these fruity drinks all of a sudden just became like normal to drink. But they used to be like, oh, what are you drinking Mike's Star Lemonade for? <laughs> all right. We love doing these players' ass segments, but uh, here's what we need next week. We need you to keep sending your suggestions in. Uh, starting to run out of topics, and we'd love to keep this uh, segment going. So uh, please uh, keep uh, making this show successful and fun. Throw the alley-oop. Hey-oh. All righty. Let's get to the Howie Roseman interview. You guys are really going to enjoy this. Very rare does a uh, general manager be as open and honest as Howie Roseman was in this interview. Uh, so please enjoy. Oh, yeah. By the way. This interview is brought to you by Accelerator Energy Drink, Rocket Pop in particular. Mmm, that's my favorite. Our guest right now is the two-time Pro Football Writers of America Executive of the Year, the architect of the first Super Bowl in Eagles history, and uh, the man I've called Santa Claus, which is weird, I feel like. Doesn't Wait, is, that, fit. Is, that, is that a religious thing you're worried no, about? Oh, I, you I, don't I, have a beard. You look nothing like Santa Claus. But I, did, I, didn't, the, I didn't know. I can, I can celebrate Christmas. I like presents, you know? Eagles uh, uh, draft day was a lot like Christmas, I feel like, last year. So um, anyways, our uh, first guest, or our guest right now, is General Manager, Executive Vice President, Howie Roseman. What's up, man? How's it going? Thanks for coming on. I got. I feel like I know this. Right? <laughs> All right. Um, it was a very official handshake. Welcome like hands to the me. number one sports podcast in the world. Wow. I didn't know if you've heard. I, I haven't heard yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know my feelings towards that because I have ulterior motives with you at all times. You know this. Well, if I may, I'll announce it right now if you tell us who we're picking in the first round. Who's going to be there? I, I don't See, know. See, that's not fair. Yeah, it's not apples to apples. <laughs> so it, if we got to make a deal like you're going, um, promise me at the 10th pick you won't take quarterback. Deal. Yeah. Deal. We can make a deal on sure. something. Okay. All We're right. deal makers. You know? All right. Did I only come on here because of this? No, I came on here because I love talking to you and I love talking about football and you have the same passion. And yes. so for me, like, um, I, I was honored that you asked me to come on and um, I'll talk to you about anything, anytime, my man. All righty. Perfect. Well, we uh, before we get to this season and the draft and everything, let's talk about last season. Obviously, everything went really well. Um, we're the only team in NFL history to go to the Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl, and then be back within five years with a different head coach and a new starting quarterback. How does that process take place? Like, Is there a point where you're in rebuild mode and then compete for a Super Bowl, Super Bowl mode? Do you believe in like – rebuild seasons and super like or is this the goal i don't i don't i feel like at the end of the day there's a difference between rebuilding and retooling and i think one of the best things that is painful at the time and you know this is painful is that when you have terrible years like we had in 2012 you know with everything that happened with coach reed and what we went through that year Mm -hmm. or when we had the year during covid with coach peterson and you know feel terrible about how that happened but when you bottom out like that it actually allows you to flip it quicker because if you just have a year where you win six seven eight games and you're picking in the middle of the draft it's hard to really change your team When, when you're picking and we had the fourth pick in the 2013 draft and we got Lane yep. changed our team yes you know then we come back in the second round and we got Zach changed yeah. our team right yeah. because you're not just picking at the top of the first round you're picking at the top of every round sure and so for us that moment changed our team right the free agents we signed to that moment and we were able to do it quicker now not the same level we did it this year 2012 to 7 that's probably five years I think it was. Yeah, that is five years. Five that years. is crazy. And then the same thing happened when we had the terrible year in 2020. Well, we picked sixth. 
What did that allow us to do? That allows us to trade back to 13, get an extra first round pick, yeah. right? Kind of make some of these moves. And for me, I mean, especially in our market, like there is no rebuilding. Like as quickly yeah. as we can to be a championship team. Like mm -hmm. that that's the goal as quickly. And, and it was almost a challenge to me. Like I felt like when I came back in 16 and really like the team was in a, in a different place in 15, we had so many independent contractors on the 2015 team from, from afar, because I wasn't as tied in that year, you know? Yeah. Closet. Well, I've, I've mentioned that before, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so like when I came back and you start looking at those guys, you're like, man, we got a lot of guys that aren't Eagles, you know, that don't really fit who we are and what we're looking for. Okay. And we we're fortunate to turn it around in two years. And I remember after 20, you know, someone saying like, is this gonna be three or four years? And I'm going, I, I don't have that time. You know, sure. you don't have that time, right? We're, we're trying to win as quickly as possible. And so I remember telling my staff, like, here's the challenge. Mm -hmm. Let's do it quicker than we did it 16 to 17. Yeah. And how can we do it? Well, we have a, a bunch of these assets that we can use to help us get a bunch of players. And so um, you gotta get a little lucky, you know, to to be able to be in a situation where you go six right and 13 yeah. to, and then still get Devontae Smith. Mm -hmm. You know, you gotta be a little lucky that people, Landon should have been a first round pick and he goes to Injury the second history. round. Injury yeah. history. And so you get a guy like that. And, yeah. and I think, you know, the opportunity, obviously um, last year, the off season, a certain things kind of fell our way. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously the AJ is a huge part of it, but mm -hmm. you know, Bradbury being out there, yeah. Chauncey being out there, you know, Hassan, our our vision of Hassan, you know, there probably should have been 20 teams on Hassan, right. you know, and um, also him being from there. So, you know, I think for us, you, you got to be a little bit lucky too in those moments. I just, the word rebuild, it, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. Makes right? sense. Like it, it, we're about competing, you yeah, know? Right. And so how do you say that to your players? How do you tell players hey, that- Hey, this year doesn't really matter. We're just know, trying to get better for plan. next year. Three year plan. Yeah, you and can't like you, you said, can't build a culture like that. I feel like because how do you turn it back on? How do you tell these great players like it's going to take us two to three years, mm -hmm. and then say now we're ready? Now all of a sudden care extra hard about right, winning. Right. Yeah. Well, you just touched on independent contracts, so I, kind of, I feel like this is a good spot to bring this up. But has the model of building a team evolved? Like I feel like when I first came into the league. Everything was have to build through the draft. Right. Like you have to draft well if you want to build a championship team. Right. Well, we've seen it not only with what we've done of building through both, but um, making good, smart acquisitions in free agency, uh, getting value. You saw with the Rams last year. Like, has it kind of changed the model for building a championship team? Yeah, and I think this, and I feel really strongly about this. I don't think what we did in seventeen was the same thing we did in twenty twenty two. Okay, and I don't think like um, like someone asked me yesterday, like, are you worried about teams copying your strategy? And for me, it's like it, it reminds me of the Seahawks defense in the 2010, 11, 12, 13, right? They were running cover three and they had all these long press corners mm -hmm. and all their defense coordinators were getting head coaching jobs. Yeah. And when you look at like Richard Sherman, take Richard Sherman, they drafted yeah. him in the fifth round, right. right? So they were drafting guys that people like me were looking at and going, this guy's 6'2", 210, he can't change direction, you know, he's he's not fluid enough to stay with the receivers in man coverage. And those guys are running four fives. Yeah. The Josh Norman types, the Richard Sherman types. Yeah. And they're taking them in the fifth round. And those guys are playing well, especially in that scheme. Right. Well, once they started getting coaches from that scheme, you know, I'm thinking about Gus and um, there's, there's yeah, that whole cover of, three Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, they had a bunch of head coaches. Yeah. And now all of a sudden guys are taking those same players in the first and second round lost your competitive advantage. And so for me, gotcha. it's like the minute that you got to figure out, and I'm not saying we do this, but 
you got to figure out like where where, where the league's going. It, almost like you got to get in front of it. You got to take a chance and say, all right, if I'm doing the same thing, everything everyone's going to do. I'm probably losing any competitive advantage, right? Sure. Those guys are going. I mean, it's like undersized. I mean, really, I'm not saying this because I'm on show. You changed how people looked at, at centers and interior right. offense alignment. Yeah. People started saying, like, I understand leverage better because mm-hmm. of you. I understand space play because of you and how what you can do for your offense. And so for the, those guys, I mean, you saw – like in last year's draft, like an undersized center went in the first round. In the first round, we right. drafted Cam in the second round. Like both those guys go high, and that was before when I was first coming. Like nobody drafted an undersized guy. No, you wouldn't and do it at center in front of round like four. No doubt. Well, I guess maybe Ryan Khalil might be one example, but yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. so I think it changed that. And so at the end of the day, it's the same thing. Like we did it when we were with Coach Reed. Those mm-hmm. edge guys, like the Trent Coles, they were 250 pounds. Like nobody wanted those guys. Everyone wanted 275 pound guys. And then teams started to win like that. And you had Doomerville and you had really the Colts and Freeney. Yeah. And teams were like, no, I could take these guys in the first round because they're mm-hmm. explosive, they're dynamic, they play so low to the ground, it's actually hard to block those it guys. Is. Yeah. And you lost kind of that advantage of knowing I could take these guys in the third, fourth, and fifth round because people are going to go, these guys are too small. And so wh- what we got to figure out is like, all right, like, you know, we're going to try to play Jalen, no doubt about it. Yeah. Like, want to pay Jalen. Sure. And so it's not going to be the same where we can just pluck free agents and, and grab those guys and pay them. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean we can't be really good right but we got to just change and get out ahead of it and go all right like where where can we actually really improve the team at positions that really matter to us without kind of being in this sense where we're freaking we're we're, we got 20 teams on the same guys sure so you're trying to find these guys that you think will bring immense value to the eagles team and what we're doing that other teams really aren't aware of how that unique player maybe could benefit their team. And we could be wrong, and I'll give you an example. You know, Mm -hmm. last year going through the draft, you know, my perspective was Jordan Davis 10 years ago would have been a top three pick. I agree. And so you're going through it and you're going, why why is this guy falling, right? And everyone's going, well, he only played 40% of the time at Georgia, you know? Mm -hmm. The guy won the Lombardi and the Outland Trophy. He was top 10 in the the Heisman Trophy Mm -hmm. with the best defense in the country that won the national championship game. And so you're going, what what are we missing? A freak show athlete. Freak. What are we missing? Good character? Yeah, he was freaking captain Georgia. I mean, I was Mm -hmm. with someone yesterday who said, unbelievable leader. One of the games we lost this year, who was at the front of the locker room greeting everyone? Yeah, yeah, George. he's got an unbelievable personality. He's yeah, great. unbelievable personality. Yeah. And so you're going, what, what is going on here? And it's like, well, he can't play on third down. Why? Why? Yeah, I mean, he that runs guy's a four got a, seven, and he's three sixteen. That guy's got steam. Yeah. How are you stopping that guy? Yeah. You know? And so it's like that to me was a situation where it's like, all right, why is he playing forty or fifty percent of the plays? Well, really look at the games that mm-hmm. Georgia was in last year. They were winning forty-two to seven in yeah. the third quarter most of those games. And then they're smart. They have all these five-star recruits. Well, that's going, the other area. We, we got to keep these guys here. We have all these unbelievable players. We need to utilize all of them so that everybody's happy and it's a good team environment. So right? we don't lose them a year from now when Jordan leaves. If he's on another team, I guarantee he's playing on third down and rushing the passer. And in the close games, in the national championship games, he's playing 60% of the plays. Right. And so for when I look at that, I'm going, man, like that's an opportunity, right? Sure. Like this guy, we love O-Lyman and D-Lyman, right? That's oh, yeah. not hard to figure out, which is ironic, right? Like this... Five foot ten, 175 pound guys obsessed with freaking O lineman and D lineman, right? Yeah. Obsessed, you know. And uh, I mean, who do I love, right? Dom's back here, He's like big Dom, O lineman, right? You know, start Coach Reed, O lineman, yeah. you know. And uh, all our, you think about the guys who left and got assistant GMs or GM jobs, like 
what were they? Olamin, right? Yeah. So I think for for us, it's like we got to figure out what where that is. Now we don't have to overthink it. If there's a freaking great player at ten mm-hmm. that plays a, a position, and you're just like, all right, we're picking ten. I don't think it's that confusing there. I think it's as you go through the draft, as you go through free agency. I think just I said this yesterday. Kind of try to zig a little bit when people are zagging, you know, okay. and, and just try to stay ahead of it because it's so hard to be like this bell curve, like the league set up based mm-hmm. on cap and picks that they really want everyone to be nine and eight and freaking eight and nine and yeah. just have that competition. Well, competitive, yeah. Right. right. And so I think if you want to really be great here, you almost have to take chances that maybe don't work out 2012, 2020, you mm-hmm. know, where it kind of falls and you go, oh shit, like that was really bad. Yeah. But at least if that happens and you're here, well, you get a chance to reset it a little bit because you're not going six. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So you're you're taking chances because if they pay out, the reward is high. And if it doesn't pay out, it's like, well, at least we're going to get good assets to then continue to retool. Who wants any other goal other than winning a championship, man? Like, really. And and, and I think about this, and I got to say this, and I said this to you after the Super Bowl, like, when you came back last year, like, you trusted. Yeah. You trusted. You weren't coming back to go nine and eight and lose in the first round again. And at the time you made that commitment, you didn't know. No. You didn't know how it was going to look. And it, we it was talked looking about good. It. it was trending, we, right? We talked we, about it. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, like that trust from our players, you know, from our, our staff, mm-hmm. from our coaches, from Jeffrey. Yeah. That to me, that's it to me. You know, yeah. that that's my responsibility. And so like when you say that, I, I don't think you think about it that way, which I understand because you're humble. But I go like... I got to make this guy feel like I'm doing for him what he's doing for me. Yeah. Well, I, I do feel that. The, the, last year, the entire way the offseason went, you could tell that we were building to try and do what we did, compete for a Super Bowl. Do you think that – because, man, the moves you've made in free agency in in getting rid of contracts at certain points when it was necessary, like do you think other teams are afraid to take high Roseman calls right now? Do you think you're, you're – like what happened? I don't want to like what happened with Tennessee, right? Are other GMs now going to be like, I'm going to tread a little bit more carefully if I'm dealing with high because you've. I, I hope not. I really do yeah. because you know at the end of the day, everything we're doing, I legitimately like. Th- there is a fraternity with GMs, especially the guys who've been around a long time, which isn't a lot. But yeah. you know these guys, like you don't want anyone to freaking lose their job. You want guys to make a lot of money. I mean. It's like this. I say all the time, like my best friend in the world since I'm five years old, you know, he's a better athlete. He's a freaking phenomenal athlete. But when I do anything with him, whether I'm not playing basketball anymore, we play basketball or we're whatever sport it was, like I wanted to kick his ass, you know. (laughs) But when we stopped doing that, he's still my best friend. I still cared about him. So like I want to find win-win situation. I really do. Like I want someone to feel like, you know, at the end of the day, like it they worked out for both sides. Yeah. And yeah. maybe just work. Now, at the end of the day, like I've done some bad trades. Like I can think of one right right now as I'm talking about a terrible trade that I made. Mm-hmm. And in this, like they have to say yes. Right. So I'm not like I don't have anything over anyone. Right. Like I'm not like I don't have some Jedi mind trick. Sure. That it's just like you will do that. <laughs> <laughs> And so it's like, to me, it's like, it's a little unfair, you know? Um, And yeah, I'm trying to do what's best for our team. Yeah, I care about the freaking Eagles and I care about us being good because Mm -hmm. I want to freaking win. But at the end of the day, every time I get off those calls, I feel like the other team, I'm actually feeling the opposite way. I'm going, what don't I know? Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, Both parties are probably guarded a little bit. Like, you know, you want to make sure that you're doing 
What's well, best? I think I, th- I think it's it, it's all cyclical. You know, at this, uh, I'll make some stupid ass move like I always do, and then they'll go, "Oh yeah, and now we're going to take advantage of him again." You know, it's, I am curious about this. How how does that process take place? Because I've never been to free agency, like or been traded yet uh, uh, how does how does the trademark like, like the AJ Brown trade hey Dom uh, we, how's that go <laughs> J- Jason, Jason goes sign me and then I trade him we don't put in no trade clause and I trade him will I be able to walk back into the city of Philadelphia ever again no no how, but how like so and feel free not to answer this but yeah. like the AJ Brown trade yeah. how do you find out that this is a guy that's available like is, is that released by their front office is that his agent kind of saying like hey it doesn't look like a deal's going to get done there's a chance they're looking to shop like i've always been curious like when they say like x team is shopping x player what does that mean i think the one thing that that i'm not sure it's a good trait but i do have one quality that i can't deny and that is i am relentless yeah. like freaking relentless and yeah. and that doesn't always uh, it depends how it comes off you know it, dep- it depends where where and when you know okay well, when it comes to competing for world championships <laughs> i think relentless right, is a good right. trait yeah so um you know and so for me i am so scared i think like part of what you have and i i think i have is there's an insecurity that you're not going to be great, right? Yeah. I think that's really like anyone in 15 when I met with like these business leaders and stuff, like they all have this like insecurity that it's going to pass them by and they're not going to be great. It's not yeah. like you feel like, all right, we want a Super Bowl. Oh, everything's great. Like I'm right. great. my legacy set. It's the opposite. I feel like, and I'm so worried that someone's going to be available that I don't know about. And I see a trade or a move made and I didn't know about it. And you could have had I would have done it. Yeah. And so for me, that drives me. So what do you try to do? You just like the information part of this is like talking to these guys, these GMs and just like, I'm open to anything, you know, like we're looking for these positions, but I'm open to anything. And honestly, like, I know it's going to cost a lot, but don't be afraid to ask me because I may do it, you know? And I think the more you can do that, the more opportunities come about. And I really do it because I'm petrified of waking up one morning and seeing AJ Brown traded to you pick the team. I don't want to pick the team, and I would have done that trade. Sure. And then how do I explain that? You yeah. know, like how to explain that to our players? How do I explain that to Jeffrey? How to explain mm-hmm. that to our coaching staff? And so I think that's part of it is making sure like I'm trying to speak You're to listening. every single guy and saying like don't throw out an idea, throw yeah. out an idea, tell me what you do. Like this is what we're looking for. And I think the only thing that that helps with is you just kind of have options. Okay. You also get laughed at a lot. What were you going to say? We're out of time? We'll come back. All right, perfect. Thanks, Howie. All right, if you think that wraps up the Howie interview, (laughs) you're wrong. (laughs) That's only part one. Howie loved doing it so much, he did it for 20 minutes, had to leave, and offered to come back, and did another 40 minutes. Boom! Jesus. Here's the second half, baby. All righty, we're, uh, we're back with, with Howie. He had to, obviously, busy guy at the Combine, but he was generous enough to come back, so thank you for that. And uh, we're going to do Howie Roseman part two. Part two. Sequels. Sequels. Rocky, Rocky Four was good. Which which one's your favorite? Rocky Three. Same. Yeah, I mean, Rocky I tell people best. this all the time. I think yeah. growing no up, I liked Rocky One the most, and Rocky Rocky Four is like a, a guilty pleasure. Just like, it's ridiculous yeah. in the best way possible. It, it is, and then but there's always that moment where like, you know, at the end when he talks about, you know, if we can change, we can you, change, can change you can change, and then yeah. his son's like freaking crying there, and you're just like, man, you know, the father It ended the Cold War, you. you know. It's... I know, I know, <laughs> you know, I think it all the time. I'm, I, I, anytime someone's like, 
in, in like relationship issues. I'm like, freaking Rocky and Drago changed the world. Yeah. We can do this. We, we <laughs> <laughs> like it's a real thing. Right. Like, well, in Philly, Rocky is a real person. It is. Yeah. yeah. There's a whole statue and, and everything. <laughs> and I do, I do think, you know, there are people that don't think that statue should be up because he's like a fictional character, mm. but he, he embodies the city so well. Like what's wrong with it being a fiction? He, just cause he's fictional doesn't mean it's not like a great thing. Right. Yeah, we're a little bit fictional characters and sometimes like, I, I, I mean, it's you're Kelsey. You're not like Jason, this husband, this father, you're freaking Kelsey. Right. Yeah. And like, I, I don't, I, I feel like I'm just freaking Howie, you know, like, mm -hmm. like I, mean, I mean, like 10 year old kids on the street. Like, Howie, who are we going to draft? I was like, it's Mr. Roseman, dude, Mr. <laughs> freaking Roseman. <to> you. <laughs> and it, it's, uh, I think that's one of the beauties of Philly is like, it's, it's, it's all of these like, characters that are real life personalities yeah. that segues into this next section really well philadelphia fans so mm. i we've been here pretty much well as as a gm i've been here one for, year before yeah 2010 mm -hmm. so i've been here for uh your entire genesis of youngest gm i think in the history of the nfl to obviously chip kelly area then coming out of that to winning a super bowl with doug peterson to then being maligned and kind of oh boy yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but then to resurge again this year, yeah. what is Howie's relationship with Philadelphia? I feel like the fans are so passionate, so diehard, like they can say whatever they want to us. But I felt, I feel like if, if I, w if I walk in Indianapolis right now and their fans start yelling at me and our fans saw that, they would have my back. For sure. A hundred percent. But so they could say it to us, but nobody else can. At the end of the day, you're still... An eagle, and the, I think so. Philadelphia fans will defend pretty much anybody against outsiders. And no I fans. also understand that at some point, hopefully far, far in the future, I'll be gone, and people will be compared to me. You know, because yeah. we had success. You know, because For of sure. the players that we have and the coaches that we have. And so I feel like that's one area. And I'd say I've had less than five. Now I'll probably have them now because I'm fucking like challenging people. I, I've had less than five bad interactions with our fans, even in the worst of times. Yeah. But I think from my perspective, that motivates me, that challenges me because I understand there's such a high standard and such a high expectation that I got to be on my game all the time. Like, yeah. I don't know how I'd be if I was in a market where it was like, yeah, so they won five games two years in a row. I'm no. glad you brought this up because I, I feel think, the same way. I think I would be miserable in that situation. Well, and um, there's been multiple guys that have left the Eagles organization and I've asked them, like, what's it? Because I've never been anywhere else. I mean, you know, what's it like? Playing? You're never going to be anywhere else. Just, 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 <laughs> but, to get, just, just to get that So, situation. What is it like to play for such and such? I'm not going to name these other organizations, but they're like, man, there is way less stress. There's it's there's way less um, sense of urgency. Like, it's just not as, like, so much win or lose mentality or, like, live or die. Like, these extremes that it felt like there was in Philadelphia. And I think the fans for sure play a role in that as no does the media mm -hmm. and that level of like attention and care that they have for the organization and how well the Eagles are playing has for sure, I think impacted the sense of urgency that we have as no members doubt. of the organization. I didn't think before I played in the NFL, I didn't realize I think how much fans impact in a city, the mentality and kind of the 
overall culture that the team has. And I think- Don't, don't you think that was a big part in 2020? I do. I think it was I a mean, big part in 2020. There, I think there, was, there was a lot of things in 2020, so yeah. I'm not saying all of a sudden we would have won the Super Bowl if I we had fans, worked, but- Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think not. it works in, in, in all of those. You get the extremes of it. And when it's not working out, you're going to be let known. And conversely, you know, Nick and I talked about, like, um, I think when you're good, you don't want to listen to it. Right. Because they will- they they will pump you up and love on you just as hard as you can be hated and maligned in the city. But when they're loving up on you, that's also the extreme. Like reality is actually, okay, listen, I'm playing really well, but there's all these other reasons why that's happening. And if I don't stay focused on that, that'll change really, really quick. And that's kind of just being a Philadelphia athlete. It's funny because we had one of our former players, I won't say it was, and you know, he went to another team in a smaller market. and, And I remember him telling me a story about like, you know, first Friday night of the season, he goes out and gets all dressed up and, you know, puts the sunglasses on and um, goes to like a, a club, you know, mm-hmm. in a hotel. And he's like, I was like, did anyone notice you? He goes, no one had any Not idea who was. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I, I don't know that there's. Could coach. be nice at times. I mean, <laughs> to just be able to go out and have a dinner. Yeah. Could, could be but, nice at times. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. And um, I, I think at the same time, it's like, I feel like that's what makes it special is yeah. that, that may, I think it does raise all of our levels to some extent. I think, you know, at the end of the day, like you'd be talented wherever you are, you'd be a great player wherever you are. But I think it kind of, it gets us going because of the attention and the energy that it takes and knowing that when you win, it's even better. Yeah. I agree, 100%. I think for you and I, you know, like there is a point where we're competitive, you mm-hmm. know, and you, and you hear stuff and you want to say, fuck you. Yeah. And, and your, really, your initial reaction is always going to be pretty much that. Right. When somebody hits you, and the stuff that hurts the most, for me at least, is when it's true, when they're, when, when they're right. When somebody's saying something that doesn't make sense or is ridiculous, it's like, yo, this guy, whatever, but... When, when something is said and when deep down you're like, man, they're right. Like, I am struggling with this. Your initial reaction is to be like, man, F you, I'm done with that. But then the people that can come back down and be like, okay, well, does this is this actually right? Do I really need to improve in this area? Like we've said before, I think that that's a big part of what's driven this organization and yeah. the team. And although you don't want to hear it at times and it sucks, and I've been a part of that. It sucks. As, have you and anybody else who's played in the city? Like we said, it's a rite of passage yeah. of playing in Philadelphia. It brings apart uh, growth and ultimately it's it's good for you, I think. If yeah. you can if you can use it constructively. Yeah. Because there's, there's no a lot doubt. of guys that can't do that. Yeah. And, and it's natural to play the comparison game and start going like, what? How, you're on me about this? What about the other people in this league who haven't done this sort of thing? Yeah. And that's not healthy either. Uh, I think at the end of the day, I think you get to a point where you understand like, you know, I'm thinking about it myself anyway. I'm trying to do better anyway. Like, I know when I mess up a draft pick. Like, I know it. There's yeah. no doubt about it. I know when I make a bad move. And so, you know, you get reminded about it, and it's just like, all right, I, I got to make up for this fivefold, you yeah. know? And, and then you want to do that. And uh, I think that's – and and at the end of the day, I don't know that I've purely processed what happened a couple of weeks ago. Like, I, I don't know that I've had a real chance to kind of go – A couple weeks ago. You know, we, we played in the Super Bowl. In oh! <laughs> I guess you processed it Jesus. pretty well, you know? <laughs> And I, I'm but, still uh, clearly in denial that that ever took place. I know. No, that, yeah. I, that's healthy. I think the denial would be healthy at this point for me. I yeah. think that 
part of it is because we went through it and saw how special that was. Yeah. And how it affected so many people. I think even more so, like, obviously, I wanted it for me. You know, mm-hmm. you wanted it for yourself. But just to have people, like, on our team, like, yeah. I, th- I, th- I thought, think about guys on our team who haven't gone through it, some of the Jalen coaches. Jalen Hurts. And just how special it was. Yeah. And you kind of, like, want them to see to feel that. And, yeah. and, um, and that's what drives me, really, because knowing that that celebration, how it affects people. And even, you, you know this, but like, people will come up to you and say, Thank you. You yeah. know, to this day, it's forever cemented. Once when you do win it, so it, it would have obviously been unbelievable for that team and that group that we had last okay. year, because it was a special year. It was a special team that was put together. It does suck for those guys and us being a part of it yeah. to not have that. Right. Do you think it's easier that you have one? <sighs> I think selfishly it's easier, but I think like you just said, that team didn't have one. Right. And when you're when you're playing in a season you really get wrapped up with the, that those guys those coaches that group and you want to have it so much for each other at the end of the day because so much work has been put in you know so much hard work and and perseverance and dedication has been put in that I think it it really yeah it's just that even though I personally have one and I have that to cherish with that 17 season yeah. we both do you know not having that with this group of guys is unfortunate because the team's going to be different next year. yeah you know it's so funny when you're saying that and thinking about the, the group I was thinking I literally 10 minutes ago I get a call from Stout and the, the, ready this is how it goes he goes are you done with the fucking podcast and the fucking media and you ready to find fucking players again, Howie? Or this is what you're going to be doing the rest of the offseason? That's why Stout's great. He's, Stout is like uh, the Philadelphia fans. He brings everybody back down to right here. I was like, Stout, Stout I'm doing like one thing. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm really, like, I'm, I'm explaining, like like our fans. We're I'm connecting. We're connecting. I'm, I'm literally like explaining to him. I'm like, I'm, I'm. I'm doing it. It's f- fucking Kelsey. Why one of all? <laughs> Second of all, do you want to remember? Like, I'm I'm literally like trying to rationalize. I'm like, I've done 210 reports on college guys. You want to talk about the offensive lineman? Because you need to catch up on me. He's like, I'm yeah. fucking kidding. I'm busting. You. I was like, me too. Me too. Just totally busting. busting. <laughs> Speaking of doing reports. Yeah. Do you remember what my report was like? So we're at the combine. I haven't been back here since I was really? drafted. Yeah. I have not. Well, God I mean, outside you. of playing in God Indianapolis. But yeah, what was, what was my scouting report what made you guys draft me how many draft boards was i taken off of the moment i weighed 280 pounds well i think it was that plus the combination of intense anger that you wanted to beat the shit out of everyone yeah. within That's five always... miles from you at the time <laughs> was at least the reputation right yeah and uh, you know i think we can't tell this story without really telling the story of howard mudd you know and um yeah. great great coach and you know for me personally uh a great man and somebody who really helped me with evaluating offense linemen and and really when you think about it like we we transitioned you know we had Juan Castillo and then Howard came in and and it was totally different you know with yeah. with Juan we were looking for size and length yeah, and yeah. power and um and Howard came in and he said I don't want any of that you yeah. know and so what we really had to do is we had to watch guys together and for us it changed from that to explosiveness, athleticism, instincts, vision on the field. Like you have elite vision. I mean, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Like for me, I never thought of offensive linemen like that. And, um, you know, when we were going through this process, you know, we, we, we had you in the fourth round, you know? Fourth round? Yeah. Yeah. So Is why it, did I go in the Why didn't you guys draft me in the fourth well, round? Well, 
honestly, I'm embarrassed that we had you in the fourth round because you're thinking the first ballot Hall of Famer and we had you in the fourth <laughs> round, so we were wrong about that. Right. And we had it because at the time, like we talked about before, like nobody at that time really looked like you. Right. No, Nobody. And uh, you were a converted linebacker, right? Mm-hmm. You, If I remember, you played your freshman year as a linebacker, right? Yep. Defensive scout team player of the year. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> they used to call me Dick Buckus because I wore 60 and had arm, like forearm pads. So, like, I remember, like, so how, 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 you know, and Howard had this way about, very charming. I'm fucking telling you how this fucking guy, you know, like, is there what? There was, strong there was, there was, there was, Howie, I'm telling you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but it, we, we liked you. And at the same time, we knew you were kind of off half the boards in the sure. league. Yeah. And so I think. Like yeah, well we we got we were we were totally excited to get you and draft you there, and then you came. Then we had a lockout, you yeah. know, and so we didn't get anyone. And so what I remember about that is we were t- like you know I, I can picture where I am at certain times, and mm-hmm. I can picture um, we were two weeks into practice, and I'm in, I'm on the side of the cafeteria like before you, the, the line where it kind of wraps around, and I'm like walking out with food, and he grabs me, and he's like he's he's starting. And I was like, "This is in training camp." It's like two weeks in, and two weeks in, and two weeks in, no off-season program. Like two weeks in, yeah. And he's like, "He's starting," and I was like, "Yeah, great." You know, it's like, "What are you thinking?" You know, like week three because we have two road games. We were playing at St. Louis, at St. Atlanta. Louis was the first one. Was it Atlanta? And then Atlanta was the second one. Yeah, we we're on the road in domes. We were in a trap. At that and and he's like, um, "We beat St. Louis," and it, it was actually a sign of things to come because it, it wasn't clean. It wasn't a pretty them. win. Yeah. And Atlanta, we should have won. DRC made this pick. And then Mike got hurt. He ran into Todd. He got yeah. knocked out. Kafka came in. Yeah. We had some trap, I think, where uh, we tried to run a trap play and the, the handoff got fumbled because it wasn't synced up or something like that. But yeah. And then that, and then we lost like we lost like five in a row. San Fran, Ronnie Brown tried to throw the pass. Oh, we lost gosh. in Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, Jaquay jumped offside. We were trying to get the ball back. I probably could go through all those games. Yeah. It's, it's like crazy how much... Anyway, so um, so I, I was like, yeah, you know, playing in Dalton would probably be hard to start a rookie center the first two games when we have an off-season program. And he's like, mm-hmm. don't even start with me. He's starting week one. And this guy, I, I remember it, man, so clearly. He's like, this guy is going to be the captain of your team and your best player. And I went, <laughs> I went, that's awesome. That's all. <laughs> but does he have to start on the road in the Dalton <laughs> right away? Yeah. And, he, and he was like, yeah, he's, he's and then it was yeah. just like he, he and you really right away were a good player. Like it, it didn't take you long. Like there was no transition. Which really, when you think about the arc of like great players in this league, like you see that you're not maybe at your ceiling, but yeah. you see the flashes. Like you see right like away. right away. And um and and it was just like and I give Coach Reed a lot of credit for it too because Coach Reed was like yeah we're, we're freaking playing him the you trust. Know? With Howard to be able to do Total that. Total trust. Because um, Jamal had played a lot of football. And yeah. Like, it wasn't like it was me versus somebody who was unproven. Like, Jamal had played a lot of football. And if I remember before. correctly, we had given him an extension like a year or two before. And, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I remember. Uh, and, um, and for us, it was more not necessarily that we had the need. It was that you had and, – and really, it really started how we drafted offensive linemen because really it went into the explosive athleticism. The short shuttle, you know, the, mm-hmm. this having guys on offense who were elite athletes, 
to match up with our skill position guys. And it really, when you see what's gone on in the league, Howard was ahead of it. You know, yeah. I'd like to say me and Coach Reed were, but really you got to give him credit because the league wasn't really there. They just want the size. Line. They just want the size. How much has your... I, I do, do remember you, in the draft room, guys were going, well, I'm just telling you, he may fight half the team. <laughs> <laughs> I had and a bad liked, reputation did, coming out of Cincinnati. And yeah. he, li- he likes to party. He, li- he really likes to party. You know, that's, that's... All these were accurate. You guys do your research because all of this is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, my I, anytime I like a guy, you know, mm-hmm. and our scouts kind of like, I, I just like at some point I just go, I'm taking him anyway. But I try to like build the case, you know, yeah. and I'm like okay, does anyone want to go to the University of Florida when I was 21 years old and see what I was doing right there? You know, like at the end of the day, yeah. like what are we talking about? We're talking about college kids. Like I yeah. think we we judge these guys in a separate conversation. We judge them like we're hypocrites about it. Like we look through it like-, like They're supposed you, to be like uh, 30 years old with a family or, or whatever. Why like, wouldn't you take advantage of your opportunities to have fun? And you're in freaking college and, and uh, take advantage of the moments to be with your friends and be a little freaking crazy yeah. because it doesn't last. Right. Is your, Jason Kelsey and Howie Roseman on college years. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> has um has your view of offensive? So you said Howard changed that. Yeah. How has that changed even from then? Like, what are you looking for in offensive? Well, line? it's interesting because then it kind of it, it kind of switched again when yeah. I came back in sixteen, and what I felt like was Brooks. right. And and Stout and I went into after it a little bit because what I said was okay. If you, everything, it's just like when you're building a, a wide receiver corps or a skill position guys. Like, why was AJ perfect? We had Devontae. We had Dallas. You know, Quez had a role. Like, we needed that power forward on the outside. We had it on the inside with Dallas, yeah. but we needed that body type, that kind of player who can win one-on-ones, who can win on a slant, who can kind of the Alshon role, right? Sure. I learned a lot from that Alshon. I learned a lot from that team with the bigger body back running backs, right? And yep. so what I felt was, okay, if you're gonna have these elite athletes on the outside and at center, you better be firm in the middle sure. around that. Sure. So that you can allow Jason to be able to get on the move and these guys one on one to yep. play firm. I look now at the way I play and like I'm like, man, if I did that when I was younger, I would have been so much better. Like if I if, like I got away with so much stuff early in my career because I was, even though I was undersized, I was a pretty strong guy for being undersized. And like, I, I look back, I'm like, I got like both hands outside. Right. I'm like a run play. I'm high. I'm not like my stance. I can't gain ground with my first step. Like all these little things that I didn't need to do to succeed. That then as I got older, especially in, in 16, it became apparent. I was blocking Danny Shelton and I'm out here and like I'm 60 pounds lighter than this guy. And I'm trying to block him with hands outside. Right. There's no chance I'm going to be able to do that. And credit to, to Stout, especially by being like, no, you can't do this. Just stop doing this. Right. <laughs> Go into here and you'll have power. And I mean, any center, I firmly believe this, is going to look good next to Brandon Brooks. Like, that's how good Brandon was. Stefan Wisniewski was not only a, a physical guy, but he was smart. You, like, we had a really, really good room that following year that allowed me to play at my best, our tackles to play at their best. So And, and it allowed Isaac to grow. Yeah. And yeah. it gave him the opportunity to get a little bit stronger because we mm-hmm. kind of, we force fed him that first year. And we basically yeah. said, he's a third round pick. He's got to go play, yeah. you know, and that wasn't really fair to him. I gave him an opportunity to do that. And I think that's one of the, the, the things that I have in Philly that not every GM has is like, we're, we're watching college offense alignment now with Stout. And I know if they have the right mentality, if they have the right traits in their body and they have technique issues, they're going to be fine. Right. 
and you 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 know that they're going to be developed you know and so like i'm i'm thinking about when you're saying that you know before i left you know i'm like walking out with my backpack and i'm going i'm like i'll see you there come yeah. here come here for one, yeah. 20 plays i'm like no i gotta go he's right. like 20 plays and it's he's all- like you see this you see how he's grabbing right there i'm gonna change it right there you know and i'm like i know you will i mean yeah. we've been together for long enough i know you will and i think for for me what that has what's changed is like i want to have and you know i mean we went through this draft process last year and with Cam, like we went through it together, and I, I and you, yeah. to me, you you can do that, but it's got to be like a starting five on your basketball team. Like everyone has to complement each other, yes. and that's why like Landon was so big for us, getting him, yeah, because those he he's he's rare. He's a he's got he plays rare center or guard. He's a, he's a better athlete than people realize. No doubt, he's very very big and strong. Uh, but you see him operate in space. You're like, man, that guy for, I mean, what does he weigh? 350? Yeah, Three, something like that, 340 low. maybe. Yeah. And, uh, but for his size, you don't see guys that move like that very often. And that's those are those guys that are super rare. The, other, the other thing about him, and I'd be interested in your take, is like because of probably stuff like podcasts, you know, but like because of social media, players aren't the same as they were 10 years ago. Okay. And Landon has unique football character. Yeah. Like Landon loves football. He loves football. He loves practicing football. He loves being in the building all the time. And I think the more guys you have like that, that are learning from guys like you and Lane and understand that gives them an opportunity to be great as opposed to being like pretty good players, you know, because of how much they care. And when you go through it and and you kind of go and and go, well, you know, we go through all these questionnaires and guys, what do you love to do? Video games, video games, video games, video games, video games. You know, like it's unbelievable how many, and I, I get it. You know, I liked video games. You know, Tecmo, yeah, Tecmo Bowl was great. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tecmo Bowl, love it. Bo Jackson was cheating in that. But I, I think like that, that's another part of it. He fits, right? And mm-hmm. we have a, we have a team culture and then we have an O-line culture. Right. And the O-line culture drives the team. Well, I appreciate you saying that. We do have a really, really good room. We've had a good room. We, we we got great people and a great coach. You talked a little bit about guys and what they did when they were younger and like guys wanted to be a uh, or play video games. Uh, there was a, interesting articles that have come out about you recently that I didn't know were true. Is it true that when you were nine or ten years old, you knew you wanted to be a GM? I did. I, I wanted to be an NFL quarterback. Because not too many. I, I don't, I are there to, not that many nine, ten-year-olds that no, want to be a I was, GM? I was a psychopath. Um, <laughs> I, but I, to, to be fair, I did. I did want to play, and you know, sure. I, I used to go and and all my friends around me played and. And I wrestled at 119 pounds. So That's I, awesome. No, I mean, that was, a, light. That was a senior, <laughs> that was a senior <laughs> in high school. You know, and I'd go, and my, my friends would come home from football, and I'd be like, I'm throwing, you know. And I still thought, I st- you've seen me at practice sometimes, I still think I have the freaking, you know, I still think I could play. Like, maybe I'll go back and use one of my years of eligibility. Um, but <laughs> but I, I kind of figured out quickly, like, that I, that probably wasn't going to happen, and I loved it. And, and it wasn't because of anyone I knew or anyone around me, it was almost like I felt like I was like put on this earth to do this. And I was so determined to go in that direction, I didn't have any other paths. And so I started writing letters like when I was 14 years old to every team in the league. And I do it like three times a year. And then, you know, as I got to like my junior year in high school, I do it like four times a year. And all I just get just rejection, 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 like fucking from the floor to the ceiling. And um, I didn't have, and and I think that's, that's part of it was like, I, I didn't care. Like, all right, I'm freaking college. I'll, I'll take out the loans. I didn't. I didn't have a backup plan, 
And it was harder because there was no way to connect with people. So I really had to like almost be like a stalker, you know, and to try to find people. And so I feel like I was lucky that I had this direction. Like I knew what I wanted to do. And so like I would go, I'd watch, you know, on Saturdays I'd watch college football. And this is like, I'm 10, 11 years old. I'd have notebooks and I'd watch college football or I'd be in class and I'd like be building a roster or like I'd see a play and I, I didn't really want to coach, but I'd see a play and I'd write it down and I'd have like notebooks like I have in my house like I have notebooks and notebooks like of stuff like that and it's um I think about it and it's like man I'm a psychopath but but I I did feel it I felt it deep inside like this is this is what I'm gonna do yeah um and I I didn't have I didn't know anyone you know I remember people would be like I freaking those Andy Reid and Joe Banner and Jeffrey I didn't know any of those guys yeah like even a little bit you're just sending them letters every single day until eventually Joe no jumped at it eventually what happened was uh uh Mike Tam, I was the pro director of the Jets. He yeah. basically, he called me and I, I was in New York. I was going to Fordham Law School and I had this like little caller ID. It was before that. And it was like <laughs> New York Jets football club. And, you know, I'd been rejected for so long at that time. It was like my second year in law school. I had no idea what I was going to do. Yeah. And I picked up. I'm like, what's it? Hello. You know, and they're like, hey, it's the Jets. Do you have time for Mike Town pro director? And I'm like, I literally was like, all right, who the fuck is this? You yeah, know, like, all right, me. this is not funny. And they're like, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Roseman, do you have time for my talents? And he basically just said, you know, like, I'm looking for an intern and I'm going through my resumes at that time. They weren't all on computers, freaking 1999. And he said, every single resume, I literally have a rejection, like a thank you for me rejecting you. Uh, Mr. Tamman, thank you for taking the time to reject me. Keep me in mind. Mr. Tamman, thank you for taking, you know, and so he's like, I I don't know if I can help you, but I'll I'll do a phone interview with you. And then uh, he brought me in. And I interviewed with Parcells. So then Mike basically called Joe because I guess they had a running joke about it. And he said, hey, I interviewed the freaking crazy guy. And um, if you have a job, bring him in. And he brought me in and he's like uh, $200 a week for seven months. And I was like, oh my God. deal, deal. And then the best part was at the end of the year, like I had no job and he didn't make any promises. So it was like a 2000 season. And I go in and I'm like, um, <laughs> moron I am and he goes uh I go hey where where do I stand you know my full-time job here or something I'm 25 years old and and um he's like well I'm still thinking about it and then you know it was like the beginning of it and it was uh you know Andy had just started and Mm -hmm. uh we had moved to Novacare and we were building a stadium I you know timing life's everything and I just think I got in at the right time and with the right people and um you know we do this night here Tom Hackert you know our GM before me and um great guy who's so influential on my career and you know, he passed away a couple of years ago and we used to come here and he's after every night of entry, come on, we're going out, we're going out. And Tom, I don't want to go out. And he pick, he'd pick this, the whistle stop. Mm-hmm. Am I giving advertising to a place? Yeah. <laughs> delete, delete the, delete the place. We went to a bar and yeah. it's smoky and it's terrible and we'd have to go there. And so we have a night here at the combine every year where we all go, all of us who work for him. And, and um, it, it was, it was awesome because Andy staff had like 10 head coaches yeah. and then our personnel staff ended up having like seven GMs. And it was like, I don't know what it's like to work anywhere else, but it was all these people who were freaking super competitive with each other too. Like right. it was yeah. like, you know, like who's who's getting, who's moving up first? Who's getting this? And we all continue to be friends to this day, but it, it was like, everyone was like, cause we had a lot of success with Coach Reed early on. Oh, absolutely. Welcome to the NFL moment. My welcome to the NFL moment. Do you have one? We ask all the players. Yeah. Like, what's your I, welcome I, to the NFL moment as yeah, a player? Yeah, like where you got your ass kicked yeah. for the first time? Yeah. yeah. So um, I got one, actually. All right. So, um, you know, I came in and um, my first real full season was 2000 and we made the playoffs. And then we went to the championship game in 2001. Mm-hmm. Went to the championship game in 2002. 
Um, in 2001, we lost to St. Louis. St. Louis is the greatest show on turf. Like, we played yeah. really well. Troy Vincent got hurt during the week. Buck got hurt at the end of the first half. He was doing really well. We lost the game, probably to a better team. Next year, um, it was the last game at the Vet. Um, we played Tampa. Mm-hmm. We come out, and Donovan got hurt and missed a bunch of games that year. We come out, and Brian Mitchell returns the open kick like 50 yards. Next play, Deuce takes it like 50 to the house. The whole stadium's shaking. Like, I oh, feel crazy. it in the press box. And then um, – we end up losing 14-7. Joe Jervis just takes like a 77-yard slant to the house. And mm-hmm. Rondé Barber picks one off for six, and we lose. And the next year, we play Carolina at home in the championship game. Donovan gets hurt. He punctures a rib like in the first quarter. Um, Coy Demmer comes in. We lose to Carolina. So the next year, you know, we we, we sign T.O. We sign Javon Kurse. Oh, um, yeah. We go to the Super Bowl. We lose in the Super Bowl. And then the next year, coming back, you know, after losing, there there was an issue with T.O. You know, you probably heard about it. I've you know? heard. Yeah, yeah heard, heard rumors. And, and it, it was awful that year. You know, we ended up 5-11 and 11 and um, just bad year. Donovan got hurt. T.O. suspended. And so Andy basically says, hey, listen, everyone's tired. Everyone's freaking exhausted. Like, let's take two weeks and, um, you know, we'll reconvene. We'll have plenty of time to talk about the team. You know, the offseason was a little longer than it is now. <laughs> At the time, I was traveling a little bit on the road, like, you know, uh, and um, I had like, I, I was like, all right, I'm gonna go to South Florida and go to Miami for a couple of days and get some sun on my face. And, and I get upgraded. So I'm like, man, Maybe, maybe things are, are turning a little bit. And so, you know, I get on the plane and, and um, the pilot comes on. He's like, we're just waiting for one passenger and then we'll be on our way to Miami. And I realized that the seat in front of me is open. So the passenger we're probably waiting for is is the person that's going to sit in front of me. And um, as they're about to close the doors, T.O. walks on the plane. Oh, my God. And, um, <laughs> and so T.O. W- walks over. He he looks at me, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of was in the middle of that, you know, like uh, – dealing with that which is a whole different story for a different day great story and um he kind of looks at me nods his head he takes his seat and he jacks it into my lap for the two two and a half hours and he gets off the seat i was like have a good trip to miami and he was like fuck you you know and i was like okay so it's not all going to be championship games and super bowls and uh i think that was my first moment where i realized you know like what we had done was unusual and it was hard to get to and um great player great player but it, it was definitely yeah. welcome to the nfl it, it's not gonna be so easy and then you know i got welcomed again because i think for all of us andy was like he was like family you know yeah. and we were all so close to him and we took those relationships for granted and then when chip came in like i didn't really think about how long those had taken to develop mm-hmm. and how i took that for granted and obviously didn't have that relationship with him and so um you know for me after we go 10 and 6 and 10 and 6 and i always thought hey you know not that that's the standard but not terrible you know and um i basically lost my job from that and so it was like you know, there's probably more to it than just that. And I think I think being vulnerable in the NFL is, is a good thing. I think, like, um, the fact that, like, I feel like the relationships that we have, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, I think that's one of the best things apart this job, you know, obviously yeah. winning. But it's like, yeah, like people say to me, like, um, yeah, you probably keep two guys a little too long. And it's like, if that's the worst thing that I'm doing, I'll be all right with that. It's definitely, gotta, not. It's, gotta, definitely not, it's definitely not the worst thing I'm doing. <laughs> I, I, I got to ask this because you brought it up. Yeah. You asked me earlier, you know, did the second, did losing this last Super Bowl, was that any less because we won the previous Super Bowl? Do you think you would appreciate your first Super Bowl as much as you do without going through what you went through in 2013? No. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. 
No, I, I, I well, two thousand. I guess it'd been two thousand fourteen. I also I think, think that. Um, I also think winning the Super Bowl made me better. Yeah, and I think because it 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 made me realize that just having good seasons wasn't really what I was trying to do. And and I think sometimes you get in this business and you go, all right, you know, we won twelve and four and we won a playoff game. Good year. You yeah. Know, good year. All right, I can live with it. And then you you see that and you see like the standard that that sets and you see the feeling that that is. And even when we won the championship game this year, like being on the podium and holding a trophy and doing it with people you care about. Like, I feel like the only two times I've ever gotten emotional about football was the minute we won the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And this year coming in on Tuesday. It's not as happy as no, and it, and I, but I sometimes I feel like I feel lucky that we even have that feeling, that I we agree. even have that emotion. I agree, hundred percent. And yeah, I think the highs don't mean anything without the lows, and it's a weird dichotomy. But like the, uh, that's one of the reasons I asked about like you know what did the Super Bowl mean more after having been having struggled or having been pretty much lost your job? Because I feel like it meant more to me having coming off of 2016 and the year I had then to not only have a good year myself, but for our entire team to rebound like that. That's just kind of the w- weird way it works. You, know, you I end almost, up appreciating yeah. the uh, I almost the feel like the football gods too, they like cause you pain, immense mm-hmm. pain before you can have something great. You like can't it. have the, the, the luxuries of greatness without no. having that. Yeah. Like it's almost like did, – did I really think the football gods were going to give us two in five years? Like, was I was I that fucking naive to think that? And I think about Coach Reed. It took him twenty five years to get the second one, How about and that? I, and everything that he went through to do that. And yeah. it's like, but I'll tell you what, I'll never. I went back on that field, and now I know you did it too. And slipped. No, I did not fall. Did, did you hear <laughs> I fall? <laughs> no, I'm talking about the, the field conditions. I was a joke. Just a joke. But you know, like I, I, I don't like it because I wish we would have won more than anything. But I kind of like the pain a little bit. Yeah, you, you, you learn to, to, to. I don't know. You, you learn to. What's the What's the name for the word that people like pain? Dom's one of those people. He like, yeah, he's a masochist. He ever? He's like, I, I want to be punched in the face. Me. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like, I want to be punched in the face. Yeah. I'm going to punch someone in the face. I was yeah. like, either way, I don't know that I'm the, I'm I'm the best guy for that. You know, that was like we had a moment this year where you know. Someone on our team w- w- was getting in a fight, and I tried oh, to get yeah, in there, yeah. and and uh, like I realized, like get, get, let's get you away from this. Let's, <laughs> let somebody else break this up. Yeah. Maybe I'm not as tough as I think I am. <laughs> I'm gonna run from here. Oh my gosh, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Um, it's been an unbelievable pleasure uh, to be in Philadelphia my entire career with you and go through that journey. So thanks for coming on the pod. Don't 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 make it emotional. All right, all right. We got a long way to go. And you know, I think that the amazing thing about you, and and I think we've talked about this, you can pick any industry you want and you would have been successful because of who you are. And, um, you know, when I think about our players and think about guys like that, like that's that's unbelievable because those are people to me that like transcend freaking football. It's just people who have unbelievable qualities as like humans, right? Yeah. That they can be successful and they just freaking picked football we got a lot of those guys and and you lead the way with that my man we do hey thank you so much Harry. appreciate it we, we gotta do like a more like authentic answer. i know that, that is that is, that is terrible we gotta, <laughs> like the promo the bro, right there right there welcome to the new heights post interview interview brought to you by accelerator active energy drink so jason why did you even agree to have this interview I mean, this is the great thing about interviews 
This is the great thing about interviews. You, know, you, you talk to win the interview. Hello? You talk to win the interview. You don't just talk to talk. I don't care if you've been to two Super Bowls with the guy. You talk to win the interview. You start telling me it doesn't matter, then retire. Get out. Because it does matter. Now, this whole conversation bothers me. So I'm going to talk about accelerated energy drinks. This one right here is Island Guava. Natural caffeine, plant-based thermogenics, sugar-free. It's fucking delicious. You talk to win the interview. You drink to get energized. That's why I drink Accelerator. You can find Accelerator at Target, Albertson, Safeway, Quick Trip, and Hy-Vee. That does it, Trev. What'd you think? That was, that was I mean, I, I definitely didn't expect Howie to be to open up like that, man. Yeah, I, um, about the fans. He came back. He came back for that. That's, I mean, that's. Dude, not only did he come back, he came back for twice as long. He came back <laughs> excited. Um, yeah, now I was surprised at, um, yeah, I don't know. I, guess I feel I like just, I, I just I, I appreciate when everybody like is all in on team city and like he feels that sense of urgency from the Philadelphia fan base to for sure make shit yeah. shake. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, that's how, you know, he's invested, man. I think that, you know, Philadelphia is a unique place to play. The fans are going to let you know how you're doing or what they think you're doing. And uh, Howie and I have witnessed that firsthand. And I do think it's impacted the way that all of us approach business. And it affects the sense of urgency in the building. And, uh, you know, I, I think that Howie did a great job of emphasizing that in this interview. He talked about my scouting report, had me in the fourth <laughs> round. Which, a little upset they had me in the fourth round, then they picked me in the sixth round. But, you know, I get it. Um, really don't. But... <laughs> Sounds good. The fact that he thought that you might fight the whole team was so yeah, what on did you point. think of that? It's it was on so point. on point. Oh, my Why gosh. Yes. What do you mean? Anybody fight. anybody that's been on a team with you has felt, has felt the competitiveness and the fact that you always take it right there to, like, wanting to fight somebody. Yeah, am I, am I a bad teammate? I want your I honest I wouldn't say that. I've never right – I've never – Right I've now, never, honest opinion. Bad teammate? No. Bad teammate? No. Loose cannon? 100%. 1,000%. But for the most part, it's usually, it's it's warranted. You know what I mean? It has some uh, meaning behind it. I don't know that it's always warranted, but there is Not always. Not always. But there's yeah. there's, there's always just that little bit of, I mean, he's got he's kind of got a point, you know? And um, well, yeah, I, think, I think that's fair. I think it's I fair think, game. And I think it's fair game because there's times that I do that. And... Uh, <laughs> It's a. Uh, I don't know who do you think we got that from. You think we got that from mom or dad? Come on now, we got that from dad. What did you talk about? I think we Thanks, honestly, think, yeah, we wear our heart on our sleeves, man. You know, we don't hide things, and at times that comes out in unproductive emotions. But I think it's good. I think it's good to let things out, even though sometimes people hate you and think you're an asshole. I think it's better to do that than to harbor things inside and to not talk to your teammates. I'm with that. Yeah, I'm with that. Um, not perfect by any means, but yeah, I don't know. It's worked for us so far. That to the to story was off the chain. It was. It was. All righty, that wraps it up. That's it for this episode of New Heights. Uh, thank you to uh, Howie Roseman for coming on and giving us a great interview. And uh, also make sure you're subscribed on YouTube so you can watch new videos as they go. Uh, listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to check out our merch. 
at homage.com slash new heights. And don't forget, Wednesday, April 26th in Kansas City, we are doing our first ever live show. Live. Man, we are going to be uh, risking <laughs> it all. I'm all terrified. righty, here we go. <laughs> Keep following uh, the show to find out more about that show. And uh, thanks for tuning in. All right. Now, once again, New Heights is presented by Wave Sports and Entertainment and brought to you by our friends at Fireball. Hey. Follow the show on all social media platforms at New Heights Show with one S for fun clips throughout the week. And uh, thanks to our production for making us look good. We're really going to need you for this one. Man, please. Love you guys. And appreciate the 92 percenters for always tuning in. Until the next time, baby. Peace.